This podcast is brought to you by Masterworks, the platform for investing in contemporary blue chip art. Skip the waitlist and invest in blue chip art today for the very first time by signing up for Masterworks at masterworks.art slash Moore's Law is Dead. And you can also support Moore's Law is Dead if you need Windows keys or software at cdkeyoffer.com. If you go there, also use the code BROKENSILICON for 25% off Windows keys or DieShrink for 3% off everything else on the website. All right, now let's get on with the show. Welcome to Broken Silicon, a gaming hardware podcast. I am your host, Tom, and today I am basically double dipping on the same subjects. I tend to try to jump between like, I don't know, a sort of a more boundary type person to a server expert, to a gaming expert, to someone who has a big YouTube channel to not try to retread over the same ground again. But, you know, I was I have a couple of pretty large YouTubers. You know, someone else who has worked at AMD, NVIDIA, Intel that I'm talking to. But the guest that I'm having on today is someone that was on a couple of years ago. And whenever I'm considering which guest I literally have on the next week, I'm like, what do you think you talk about with these questions? And once again, you know, Chris, you had a lot of interesting things to say. And I've seen a lot of consternation online about recent graphics card reviews both new releases and relooking at eight gigabyte cards that launched a few years ago. And, and you know, one of the top comments after my recent guest, the Unreal Engine 5 developer was, can you get on more developers to see if, if someone who caught, who works on a lot of Unreal Engine 5 games is an outlier, <laughs> even though I'd say that's probably a good indication of at least the center there. Um, but yeah, so I was, I thought about having you on and I know you used to work at Sony Santa Monica. And now you work at infinity Ward, So I'm sure there's even more perspectives you had, but let me stop rambling. Why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, my name is Chris Ray. I work at Infinity Ward as a visual effects artist. Previously, I worked at uh, Sony or Santa Monica Studio and God of War as an effects artist. And before that, I worked at Treyarch as an effects artist. Uh, I shipped, uh, or I worked on the end of Black Ops Four, like DLC stuff, was when I started my career. And then I did shipped Cold War, uh, uh, Black Ops Cold War, and then worked on God of War Ragnarok till just around its launch and then moved over to modern warfare 2 to launch it and now i'm working on future call of duty projects and uh ongoing uh modern warfare 2 content so uh particularly what i do in visual effects is uh i, I do like the campaign work i do kind of like the high the high the high level uh visuals and then i own a lot of like our tech so on uh, modern warfare 2 i did a lot of our like vehicle explosion logic so the way that you can shoot a tire and blow up a tire blow out windows or blow up vehicles all that kind of logic um on top of that i own a lot of visual effects throughout the campaign so well you know yeah <laughs> the thing i probably remember the most fondly about our previous conversation in terms of like what shaped how i st- thought about things that we talk about every day mm-hmm. you know was when we were talking about i mean honestly what do we actually use ram for and if you're going to fit the witcher 3 on the switch what are you getting rid of and your example was you know instead of 20 flowers in a field you're going to have two flowers because we can only fit that many 
And when you cast a spell in my favorite example, because I think it looks so good. Well, we could use Harry Potter now, let alone Demon yeah, Souls. Yeah. Um, you don't think about it, but the spell actually looks slightly different every time you cast it. So it doesn't just look like the same like Spyro Fire JPEG popping up over and over. Yeah. And there are like a hundred maybe iterations in Demon Souls of how one of those spells is cast. The lighting's in a little bit of a different space. The start of a twirl on a blue spell might start in a different area out of the wand. Like all these things are so that it looks like a person did something slightly differently, but almost the same every time. And you have a hundred different things to places look, right? in RAM. When you talk about that, it's like, like, cause you have like textures, right? That's just one thing. Before I, yeah. So let me like start going right into the RAM stuff now then. And before we get into VRAM, I do just want to touch on something mm-hmm. to make sure it's touched on, which is DRAM. You know, I have 32 gigabytes of RAM in my system right now. I mean, I have a bunch of different tabs and recording apps open and, I'm using about 12 gigabytes of DDR4 right now. And I mean, I remember back in, I don't know, 2016 when I had 16 gigabytes of RAM. And most of the time while gaming, I would rarely get over 12 gigabytes of usage. Now I do notice a lot of the recent releases are probably between 17 and 20 gigabytes of usage. So if you just yeah. cut that in half, go back. Six, and if you don't years. have it, you'll, you will experience like a bottleneck. Like you, like, you know, in my experience, at least is what I've seen is people experiencing frame loss because not having a frame because, uh, uh, basically like stuff is trying to get loaded and they can't load into somewhere. So it either has to go on the SSD, right? Which mm-hmm. unless you have like an NVMe SSD, you don't really want to do that. So most of the time that companies don't even try to do that. Instead, they just rely on unloading stuff. So then you're just paying for unloading and loading, unloading and unloading all the time, mm-hmm. which is just. And then if you have a slower CPU, that's going to bog that down. Oh, even absolutely. More too. Yeah. Yeah. No, literally, you're just like you're putting like an entire resource to just unloading, loading like the entire time. Whereas if you just have the RAM, then you're not, you know, you're just loading and then you can unload as you need to. So. Um, right. And so like I feel like 32 gigabytes now is maybe like. 16 gigabytes in 2015 yeah. which is more to say it's more than enough yeah. and it's not just it's games. being used you yeah. know it's not just games to be clear too i mean even just look at like chrome like chrome gets shit on still but people still use chrome heavily and you can easily hit like 12 gigabytes of ram in chrome if you have like mm-hmm. three windows open and 20 tabs on each one or whatever like yeah it's and, and i don't really know where it's coming from necessarily overall that was my question right my question yeah. was going to be I know you mostly deal with the graphics side, but in the DRAM side, it doesn't seem to be as, well, ob- well it is as obviously an yeah. issue. People need 16 well, when gigs it comes of RAM to games, now. It's, it's a lot of like, it's a lot of parallel parallelization, right? Because like, uh, so GPUs, I mean, the, the leaps and bounds that have been made done in GPUs have allowed like a lot of cool stuff to be done. Right. Mm-hmm. But say that we want to actually reference that stuff, like a wind system or, uh, procedural placement system that's run off the GPU. We need to like paralyze all of that data onto like DRAM to be referenced on like the CPU as well, just to make it like easier. Like, so yeah, it's uh, that's part of it too. Like, like there's there's a lot of uh, duplication of where mm-hmm. data is being stored, both in VRAM and on system RAM, because of various needs of where things are being ac- accessed. So, you know, one thing I actually heard like. God, this must have been like seven years ago is if you're actually trying to balance RAM in your system, you probably 
and and it sounds silly to say this, but we got some weird cards like, you know, 12 gigabyte Titans and yeah. 16 gigabyte Radeon 7s well before most cards yeah. even had 12 gigabytes. And I was told you probably want more, at least as much DRAM as you have VRAM yeah. because you kind of have to duplicate it. And then yeah. you have the other stuff, right? Well, well, and like, like it, it can even just come out of um, poor optimization, honestly. Like, like mm-hmm. that, that can play a big role. And it's, and, and it's not necessarily even poor optimization in like the grand scheme. It's like some things are just re- like, like re- we don't have a solution. Like, like as a whole, developers haven't figured out how to like do everything in one area. So we just have to paralyze. <laughs> like that's that's the solution that we have available to us right now, even if it's not perfect. So. Yeah. Well, I'm not wrong, right? Like the PlayStation Five has a unified 16 yeah. gigabyte system, so they don't e- have even, to duplicate it there, as much, right? Or when do they? Not not as often, not as often, but they still okay. do have to for for some things. Uh, mainly, if you're looking at like compute and non compute uh, type type of like assets, or because um, those have to be referenced in two two areas of memory. It's mm-hmm. Just a little shitty uh, side effect, but that's that's very few things have to do both. But they do exist still, unfortunately, and that's that. That leads into like issues like, uh, if I remember right, uh, vector. Well, the the implementation of our vector fields in Cold War. Um, I don't know if it's the same as what's in Unreal. Uh, mm-hmm. They have vector field tech as well, right? Uh, but we par- we had to parallelize on CPU and GPU because of like the way that we were using them for sprites and on uh, shaders. You had to have the same data in two locations. For- yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, because we needed them to be referenced for particle systems, but we also needed them to be referenced for like moving uh, leaves and stuff. Uh, era, and is that like, on like console plants. as well? In addition yeah. to PC for that well, one? Well, 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 yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's just like one of the weird examples. Like, there's there's these weird things that do arise though, and like that's why I mean, like we could only load in a certain number of assets even for mm-hmm. those for that that move, movement, um, because every asset would have to be loaded in twice. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. especially if it's like a, if it's like a, um, a nice asset, if it's like a high, if it high density, like has a lot of data in it, which is what you kind of want to, cause you want like for swirling motions, you kind of need, you know, swirling mm-hmm. vectors of like data. Um, so yeah. And it gets loaded in twice. So again, that's just one of those things that it's unfortunate. And, and honestly on PC, it's usually less of a concern because I mean, you do have the the eight gigabyte cards right still, and that kind of sucks. But even there, you have more. It, it, at least I feel like devs, like engineers, feel a little more like uh, legroom when they're on PC um, mm-hmm. than when they're on console. I don't. I don't. I can't necessarily say why, but I get that vibe pretty often. So when you say legroom, you just mean like. They don't have to worry as much that this level will work, but because or they know that a lot issues. of PCs can do it, or yeah. what? Yeah, like like there's just kind of a, I think an expectation that either the PC will do it or the user will turn down settings until it does. Kind mm-hmm. of situation, honestly. Like either it'll do it or you'll make it do it, or you'll upgrade your hardware until it does do it. Like whereas on PS5, it's like a guaranteed like it does or doesn't work. So mm-hmm. we just have to make sure it works, and and usually like for. For any AAA game, right? Like you're not just trying to hit like here, right? Like you're trying to like be like here. Like I think I said like the last time I was on, like we're we're trying to usually like unfortunately like make your system scream. Usually, like we're trying to make it hit its boundaries, like use all that power that we can without mm-hmm. preferably crashing and everything. Sometimes it still crashes. You see that in most AAA games, right? Like you come from a variety of places and 
I don't know. Tough, it depends what you're talking about. On yeah. console, I swear on the 360 and PS3, they crashed way more often than they do now. Um, well, that's what's funny, though. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%, but people are still, like, they'll point to, like, even that that era and be like, the games were so much more stable back then. And it's like, uh, no, they were not. Were they? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not to say there aren't crashes now, but there were, like, and if it crashes now on a console, it typically just it has the time to even take an error log and go to desktop. Yeah, no, I get you. Yeah, it's, I, I do feel like, like there have been improvements. Um, and, and a lot of that's QA, a lot of that's developers, a lot of that's tools, mm-hmm. you know, years of experience building up. So it's a, it's a combo of a lot of things. Well, a lot of that's also right, probably because the consoles, the PCs are, they're not the same, but they're much more similar than they used to be. So if something goes oh, wrong oh, on a PS3, well, definitely that. Well, it's I mean, because, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the, the PS3 was like like that. <sighs> I think I think Sony learned their lesson pretty pretty quick off of that. Just just mainly because of how much they pissed off devs. Like they they like destroyed relationships with developers just because. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you had to develop you had to develop a whole new game. But that's kind of brings us though why there might be issues on pc with vram now whereas there weren't on console though because it of course you still sometimes need to duplicate things but typically on the playstation 5 just as an example they know what everyone has they all have the ps5 exactly and a lot of pc games i play i've noticed you'll get these people using canned benchmarks and they'll be like resident evil 2 is an example of this when i reviewed the rtx 3070 years ago like You'd see like a benchmark online. Oh, it runs 4K fine with eight gigabytes, even though it says it shouldn't be able to in the menu. And it's like, well, yeah, you ran like a canned benchmark for a minute. If you were to play for 30 minutes, the thing's going to screech to a halt. You know, that's why they're saying in the menu and you turn up textures with a 3070, don't go above 1440p. We're telling you there's a section of this game where it won't work. And I think there's been all these yeah. little side examples. And and Hardware Unbox just did a... a relook at the 6800 versus 3070 and found you know in some games the frame rate's the same but it's loading in like 720p like temporary textures oh yeah 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 no there's there's so so there's a lot more uh, of, of vrs they call it variable rate shading right there's a lot more of that being used now specifically to get around those kind of issues which is just like like uh it, it, it looks at your frame rate and it's like oh shit stuff's getting a little crazy so we're just gonna we're just gonna stop rendering like the high res okay 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 even even less high res we're just gonna focus on the middle you know like that's that's I, i've seen that being thrown into more and more games um it's it's like an optimization hack basically it's just like we can't optimize this game so we're gonna throw this on it well it's funny because i remember when metro exodus enhanced edition used it and people were like oh it seems to just give you a 15 percent boost and not make it look much worse uh, well, yeah but that game uses like four gigabytes of ram now we have games that expect you to have more and that vrs is gonna do is make every texture look like crap if you have an eight gigabyte card. And I wonder how many mm-hmm. games have come out in the past two years where people have said, oh, see, eight gigabytes is still enough. And they don't realize in game after game, even the games that are like eight gigabytes of usage in 4K, they're like, yeah, but it's at eight gigabytes. So I promise you some stuff after an hour of playing looks like crap, whether you know it just looks or not. really muddy. And that's that's what people wind up looking at eventually. They'll just be like, why does this level look so like washed out and like muddy? Like, what happened mm-hmm. here and that's that's what happened it was just yeah it everything got, got crunched to crap and you're left with the, the little bit of pixels they got and some uh, really uh, decent aa you know if that so so two years ago i remember you saying that the obvious solutions to working around the fact that 
The consoles don't have to duplicate as many things, and because they have a fast SSD, they can swap out the data faster. You said the obvious solution on PC is just give us 32 gigabyte graphics cards. No. Um, do you still think that's what we're basically going to need? An enthusiast and 16 gigabytes in the mid-range in the next couple years to get over this? Because it's getting to a point where even in 1080p and in multiple recent releases, 8 gigabytes is starting to struggle. Uh, I would say at this point, like 16 would be like, like, like 12 should really, uh, there's a reason why they sell, sell 12 gigabyte 3060s, right? Like, like, like 12 should be the minimum, I think. And then mm-hmm. 16, I think, I think even 16 for your mid, it really should be around 20 now. If you want like any sort of staying power, cause we're already, <laughs> we're already hitting like, like, uh, I don't know. I've, I've, I've seen 16 hit, um, in games right so like we're already hitting it so if if, if you're buying that like I, I i think the mid should have like a little bit of, of a wiggle room to grow i don't think you should have to buy a new mid card every year that doesn't mm-hmm. make sense as a mid to me that seems more like low end and that's how it used to be too right like you didn't mm-hmm. have to buy a new mid card every generation you could skip a generation but i feel like if they did that it's still like like in the next two years we're gonna have there's, there's just more and more demand for memory I mean, that's mm-hmm. why NVIDIA came out with uh, the, the 20 gigabytes and the 3090 and stuff, right? Like, devs were already starting to to make stuff that kind of needs it. So, like, you know, well, you know it's funny. Stuff, so. I was talking to an NVIDIA contact a few weeks ago, and <clears throat> I was told the original, well, there was a lot of things that actually changed with AMP here, but the original plan was that 3090 was always going to be there, basically exactly what we saw for that price with that amount of RAM. That was the plan, 24 gigabytes for 1500. Now, the plan was always to have a 10 gigabyte 3080, but they thought they were going to be able to use GA103 for a variety of reasons, mostly having to do with Samsung's yields. They were forced to use GA102 because they got a discount. And so they had a more expensive 10 gigabyte card. Well, I mean... (laughs) No, I love it. Yeah, yeah. But then they were apparently always planning to offer 16 gigabyte 3070 TIs and 20 gigabyte 3080 TIs. But because everything they sold made sold to miners, they just said, oh, never mind. I guess we can just give the 3070 Ti 8 gigabytes in this. And then for some reason, they also, I guess, forgot that with Lovelace. And they're like, we're going to sell you 12 gigabyte cards for $800. And it's, yeah. it's, well, let me just ask this question here from Reza5. Hi, Tom and Chris. Are 16 and 24 gigabyte graphics cards such a big deal this actual year or is 12 gigabytes enough? Future proofing is fine as a concept if you actually plan on keeping hardware for five to 10 years, but if we upgrade every two years or so, is it really that big of a deal to turn down a few settings? If tomorrow's games at medium look as good as today's games at ultra before considering DLSS style tricks, then why do you think Tom is making such a big fuss about VRAM? Be clear. I love you, Tom. Well, I love you too, Riza. And the answer I'd actually give to you is uh, my memory of a decade ago is we would actually get one or two more gigabytes at every segment every few years. And since 2016, Pascal, eight gigabyte, 1070 for 400 bucks, it just doesn't seem like that's changed. And it used to be that as long as you give people a couple gigabytes every few years, you're just going to have to turn down textures for their appreciable life of the product. The problem we have now and this is kind of what I learned from the Unreal Engine 5 dev uh, recently, is it's not just the textures. There's geometry, BVH structures for ray tracing, 
Uh, more enemies, bigger enemies, more complex enemies, physics, particle effects. You know, I've, I've been talking to a lot of developers. They all basically say, we just try not to use the CPU. What does that mean? You're putting way more than you used to in VRAM. Because mm -hmm. of that, it's not just the textures you need to turn down. There's a minimum amount of RAM devs need to fit the game, even yeah. in 720p. And that seems like that's becoming eight gigabytes, right? Where like half of it's just being used to run the game and then they're trying to fit tiny textures. And usually it's not that devs are necessarily using the, the GPU over the CPU to save on memory or anything. It's usually just to get like higher frame rate, right? That's why everyone hits the GPU. If you can hit the GPU, then you hit the GPU because you got faster frames. So it's, it's really, really, it's just some devs and, and, and I've seen it. Um, they wind up just kind of shooting themselves in the foot by adding in uh, features that just can't really be supported with all these other features, right? Like you have to, you have to choose a select number of things that you're going to be rendering every game. Like there's, there's features in uh, modern warfare Two, for instance, that like we would love to support better or support fully. But mm -hmm. if we did with all the other features we have, we couldn't run at the frame rate we want to run and use the memory we use. Like, like you just, you, you can't have it all. Um, it's, it's an unfortunate reality, but mm -hmm. in terms of like getting the hardware and like what hardware is the best, I mean, I, I, I would say that, yeah, like, like 16 gigs, I think is moving more and more frequently into just kind of what would be expected for about two years. If you, and in terms of like these big AAA games, right? Cause the big AAA games coming out this year and next year and the next year, these are, these aren't just like, these aren't just games from, um, from, you know, like Activision or Ubisoft, these old developers that have a history of, you know, love them or hate them. They do ship games. They do run. <laughs> like, and instead, it's a lot of these new developers that are using mm -hmm. things like Unreal Engine that are less tested. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying that Unreal Engine is untested, but a lot of the Unreal Engine games that people play and are familiar with, things like Mortal Kombat, aren't running on like the Unreal Engine that you have when you load up Unreal Engine. Right? They have their mm -hmm. own team of graphics engineers. They're doing things on top of the engine. They're not just shipping base Unreal. And a lot of these other uh, indie devs that have been working on games for the past few years that are because during COVID, right? A lot of these indie devs started. And now they're starting to put out their games, or I guess a lot of them are AAA. They're like AAA mm -hmm. indies, right? These like new big AAA companies that are just like like two hundred people or something. Um, they're starting to put out their games finally this year and in the next couple of years. And those games are going to be in Unreal, and they're not going to be as you know they're, they don't have as many graphics engineers to put it you know bluntly. So there are going to be bottlenecks that don't exist for other games that are using Unreal with more traditional Unreal devs and other games that are built by more traditional devs in general that have just more graphics talent. Well, you know, that brings two things to mind immediately. Like, number one, the Unreal Engine dev I just had on said, like, basically raised his hand and said, well, do you guys want us to go back to Unreal Engine 4? Like, what is going on here? Like, we want to make next-gen experiences. We need more RAM. That's number one. Number two, I, I, gen I think people have to remember that games take, like, three to, si well, three to yeah. six years, for being honest to make now. If that's true... What they would typically do is say, what's the high-end card now? How much RAM does that have? Well, surely in six years, that will be mid-range, and that used to always be true. So if you're someone that was looking at like the 2080 Ti, which let's round up, it was almost a 12 gigabyte card in 2018, they would have said, okay, well, then five years, I assume 12 gigabytes will be standard in the low-end or mid-range. Mm -hmm. They build their games to use again it's not just textures anymore all these advanced yeah like things that we do on the gpu now over here like all of this stuff we've been asking we want devs to use more compute 
all right, they're using it. That takes up VRAM. They're like 12 gigabytes in five years should be low end. 16 gigabytes should be mid range. We've already had the 24 gigabyte Titan RTX, right? We have a 16 gigabyte Radeon 7 in 2019. They're like, surely that'll be mid range in five, six years. And they designed their games around that. Mm-hmm. And then it just feels like, a, I think a lot of devs feel like a rug's well, been pulled that's, out. That's what I'm them. saying with the 12 gig. I feel like that is kind of the standard. I feel, like, I feel like as game developers, we've kind of already moved over there, whether the, whether the hardware supported it or not. You know, and that's mm-hmm. why we're having a lot of issues with uh, lower lower VRAM cards, especially like eight, eight, eight gigabytes of VRAM. I mean, you you really put into a situation where you ha- like you're forced to just turn down textures and turn down a lot of other stuff. And uh, most of the texture tweaking options are just kind of like either you have good textures or you have terrible textures because the difference between mm-hmm. 4K and you know 1K or 2K is uh is a lot. <laughs> well, right. you can you can't compress it as much because you'll notice because it's higher quality. Exactly, so it just takes yeah. up like way more space to go from like fourteen forty p to a four yeah. k texture. It's it's really unfortunate, and it's it, it it comes from like what you're saying, like the, we're designing games to reach up here overall for so that people can get like those awesome visuals, so that you can get the trailers out, so that you can have people on Twitch with like these crazy PCs, and the games do look great on crazy PCs, like they do. You can't deny that. So. That's why they're designed that way, and that's what sells. Mm-hmm. And then people buy the game, and then they have to turn everything down, and they're just kind of left confused. And it's unfortunate, but it's also the state of the industry. Uh, there's not really a you know pretty game sell, so <laughs> there's there's not really a way to to get around it right now um, on the memory side of things. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of like previous generations, like how the VRAM used to scale, like. Uh, like with Fermi, you had like three gigabyte flagships. Same with GCN two gigabyte mid-range and then only the really low end like eight years ago at one gigabyte of ram so i mean you're talking about the difference between like a 1000 or not 1000 but maybe back then 600 and 100 card is three times the ram well now we're talking about a situation where you have a 24 gigabyte titan or now 4090 and eventually maybe a titan and then you have a the, the mid-range should have probably 16 but now they're giving it 12 or 8 that's a third of the RAM in the mid-range, not the low end. And I think devs expect low end 720p, mid-range, 1440p, 1080. Like, the, the difference in RAM between a 3090, for example, last gen with 24 gigs and a 3080 with 10 gigs, I think has left a lot of devs going, well, so what do we even program for? How are we going to use 24 gigs over here? If we have the minimum of 10 or 8. Like, what are we going to do? And again, I, I think the... To answer Reza's question, I mean, you know, is 12 gigabytes enough? It depends. Do you play a game where there's an issue? If the answer is no, don't upgrade now. But I would say it's literally enough. Like it's, it's, it's and you mean for like 1080p, right? You don't mean for like 4K. 4K, you're going to get muddy with that because you can't load in 4K textures. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't load in everything at 4K with that, with that amount of RAM. So yeah, it's more 1080p. Maybe four, you can do 1440, I bet so. Mm-hmm. For most games, you'll be fine. But it's just funny because just a few years ago, we weren't even worried about if VRAM was in the, a 12 gigabyte card was going to run 4K. And now it's, or even 1440p. And now, I mean, look, Reza, I really yeah. think in a couple of years, a third of games will run fine up to 4K. A third of games will run fine up to 1440p, and a third of games will run... You'll need 1080p with a 12 gigabyte card. Not all games, mm-hmm. a third of them. And does that feel good? Does that matter if you bought a $400 card two years ago? Probably not. Who cares? Does that matter if you buy an $800 card now? 
I don't know who you people are, but when I pay $800, I'm expecting more than 1080p in a year from now. And you might not be yeah. in like a very small amount of games, but they will be there and they will be AAA and it will probably be annoying. Like the people who bought a 560Ti in 2010 or 11 or whatever it was. And then Max Payne 3 comes out. Guess what? Low settings, buddy. You know, and I don't know. I, I know what you expect when you have one company selling half the VRM capacity of the other at the same price. That's what happens. Um, well, you know, and so QH Freddy writes in and says, do you think there have been other inflection points with VRAM like we are having now where large portions of the market have the same amount of RAM and are getting constrained at the same time? I mean, I think I actually touched on it. Fair me. I think with the 560 having one gigabyte and that was like kind of competing with a two gigabyte 6950, that was that was an awkward period. Yeah, but but I would say the main difference now is just scale. You know, it's like like the difference between one and two gigabyte, like one gigabyte. Now it's like a good difference of like six, mm-hmm. right? And and at at that point, it's 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 just more difficult. It's more difficult to find what you're gonna do with that. You know, and there's also different expectations too. Like uh, there there was more acceptance on the part of gamers back then to just you know. Like if a game that looked a little muddy, it, eh, it's just what the generation is, you know, it's a PS one or whatever generate, like, you know, you can't, can't complain that much. So now if stuff starts to, yeah, I, I even saw some complaints. I think it was in like resident evil or something. There, there was some game that was using some old textures still like maybe like, like it was a remake game that still had mm-hmm. some old textures and people were like, what is this? It's terrible. It's like, well, four or six years or, you know, five, six years ago, even those textures were like fine. Right, they they weren't that bad. So, that's well, how, that's how quick the expectations have changed, though. I think the expectations have changed, though, because the seventy class used to be four hundred dollars. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> now it's apparently six hundred, and so I think people, yeah. some people have bought and have drank the Kool Aid of being convinced that a twenty four percent cut down mid range die is somehow still high end from Nvidia. And well, if they not spend even just the hardware. The games are more expensive now too. So a lot, a mm-hmm. lot of gamers are also like, what is, what is more of, I'm giving you more of my money. What is more of my money getting me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and if they feel like we aren't delivering a substantial upgrade in the experience, then what did that extra money go to? And that's, that's when some people, I mean, I've, I've seen comments on people getting like annoyed with that. Like it's, it's reality. Like we have to push, push that, that bar forward every time, especially if we're going to charge more money every time. And like you're saying, the the devs do get a little annoyed when you know nvidia decides to just not ship you know enough ram because then it it hampers our ability to sell our stuff (laughs) like if every user has enough ram then we don't have to worry about uh nearly as much honestly well that's that's one of the and here's the funny thing too like this is something me and my brother talked about a lot of the last broken silicon. Like, why is this catching you off guard? I mean, when Ampere came out, there are already games that didn't have enough RAM. And now this is surprising. It's more of them three years later. I mean, isn't that expected? And, and then I'll see in the comments, people go, but so many people have eight gigabyte cards. What are we going to do? And seriously, multiple people proposed, oh, maybe we need a dedicated accelerator card to compress the RAM for your other card. And I said, or they give you $20 more of RAM on a card you're spending 700 for. That, like, what yeah. sounds easier? And, and, and what I think um, is the good news, because there's good news and bad news to what I'm about to say. The bad news is, yeah, a lot of people are probably going to have to upgrade in a year. Like, you are. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Your warrant 8 gigabytes wasn't enough years ago by a lot of channels. 
the people that told you it was just allocation. That's not. And that the wasn't games we'll want to play next year, we'll ha- we'll like the games we like. Like I was saying, the games we have now are having issues, and they're made by developers that want to sell you their game, that want to make sure it runs on everything. The 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 new developers are less worried about that. They're trying to just hit the quality bar, right? Like that's well, what you we know. Saw. Next year is twenty twenty four. If it takes three to six years to make a game, <laughs> these are the games they built that's for the PS five as a minimum. Well, so what do you think? Gonna well, happen, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, and, and not just that, but like they built it on like 3090s and stuff too. Like, like for you know, some games uh, were built for PC first and PS5 second, right? Because mm-hmm. Unreal works better on PC development wise, really, because then you don't have to buy the dev kits. The dev kits are about 20k a piece, so you could actually just get a developer a nice computer, build it, test everything on PC. Later on, do some testing on. The, the dev kit and save a save a pretty big uh, chunk of cash on the way down. So it's it's becoming more common to do that type of development. I mean, it's it's just a reality. So what I wanted to say earlier though was I think there's good news and bad news to this. The bad news is is a lot of people I think were misinformed that this is all good enough for a long time, uh, and they're going to have to upgrade. The good news is is all people are asking is instead of getting a SATA SSD. Spend twenty more dollars to make it a decent NVMe SSD instead of getting thirty-two, sixteen gigs of RAM, another sixty bucks on sixteen gigabytes extra, <clears throat> and instead of you know giving us eight gigabyte cards for five hundred, eight gigabytes costs like twenty to forty bucks. So in total, we're saying you have to spend an extra hundred dollars on like a twelve hundred dollar PC, and just everything will now be able to run without issues for years. But it is going to have to happen because there has to be a point. Where people go, well, if you want better, we need better. So, like, we can't keep, we can't give you a card with double the teraflops that has eight gigabytes of RAM. <laughs> How are we going to make that work? At least that's what I think. Uh, yeah, I like you said. I think you said it best when it's just twenty bucks. You know, that's that's really not a very difficult, you know, solution in, in my mind. I, I there might be some engineering things that I don't understand. I'm not an electrical engineer, so maybe there's something there. But in terms of like the way I see it, you know, it's not that big of a price to be passing on to consumers with all the other. Like you said, it's like they went from four hundred to seven hundred dollars on a card. <laughs> Can you give us twenty dollars more RAM you while you're fun? milking us here? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's kind of how I see it, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. Jesse here isn't the best at investing, but who can really blame her? Historically, most people and mammals in general are locked out of the stuff the richest get priority access to, like blue chip art. But now, no longer, today's piece of content is sponsored by Masterworks. Masterworks is the platform for investing in contemporary blue chip art that before recently was only typically accessible to the super wealthy. Billionaires have been quietly diversifying their portfolios with art for years, and now Masterworks allows investors like me and you to have access to this asset class easily as well. And the good news is is that art is one of the highest performing alternative assets in recent history that's proven to be a good hedge against inflation so far, unlike other assets. Usually there's a wait list to sign up, but with my code, you can skip the line and start investing in blue chip art today. Clicking on this link helps the channel tremendously. Please click on that link. It's a great way to show support for the channel and doing this and signing up is also a great way to start putting away money in an asset most people outside of the ultra wealthy are overlooking. Support Moore's Law's debt and support your savings with Masterworks today. Uh, Well, let me skip ahead actually then to this question here. 
Uh, Chris Risk writes in and he says, AMD just announced two professional cards based on Navi 31. One of them was cut down to just 70 compute units with a 256-bit bus. If AMD released a consumer equivalent, what sort of MSRP do you think it would need in order to be successful? So I actually put probably too much thought into answering this question. So let me just jump into that and then like bring it back full circle. Um, AMD just announced the W7800. It is indeed a 4MCD 260-watt 70CU 32-gigabyte professional card. And I was tipped off by someone a couple weeks ago that AMD might be preparing a 16-gigabyte Navi 31 gaming version of this. And then I saw this professional card and I thought, well, so there was the W6800 and the 6800 for gaming. I think this is an obvious telegraph that AMD is at least considering launching a another Navi 31 card that's even cheaper. And I actually talked to someone who actually works in like graphics design, like what would it likely be disabled to? And this person told me the reason it would be 70 CU is you're accounting for all types of defects that can occur. So it's not just like we disable a certain percent because our yields are this percent. It's we can have one major defect in each like quadrant of the die. And then also if we need to, we can disable like one of these main like engines or something in the die. And if you do that, there's any defective yield can be turned into this card. And that's why sometimes you see cards cut down more than you uh, thought it would be. It's not just our yields are 90% at TSMC. So that means we'll never get any. It's, so the gaming still, cards are, the, are the, the cards that are cut down is what you're saying, correct? It depends. I think what they do is they have like, and I don't know the percent, but let's say 20% of their yields can't become the 7900 XT. So that means they can't have at least 84 compute units enabled. Yes, some might be 76, wow, 72. Okay. What they're doing is saying, all of them can become this because none of them have more than this amount of defects. 99% don't. And that's why we're going to cut it down by 20-something percent because we're sure all the defective ones that we can see with a microscope before we enable it won't need to be cut down more than this. And then the ones that can use uh, either use higher clocks at the same voltage or don't need as much voltage, that goes to professional because they, even though they're the worst defect chips, they might clock really high, half of them. The other half, they might just send to gamers because these are the worst yields. Or mm-hmm. put it another way, these require more energy to clock eye, is what I should actually say. And so the professional card gets the most efficient one. And so, yeah, I mean, after a lot of talks, okay. I think there's a decent chance there's going to be a 7800 XT or XTX. I think they might actually call it XT to leave room for an overclock variant later. But uh, that they can, as long as they can save on two of those memory channel chiplets, they're literally using less silicon too. So, I see no reason why they can't make this like a $600 card because this is the worst yields of Navi 31. Navi 21's worst yields were sold for 580. And because they don't need to use all the MCDs, they're actually using less silicon than last gen. So I think 600, 650 max. And I think you're looking at something that will perform 10 to 20% worse than the 7900 XT. So you're looking at probably a hair better than the 6900 XT. And I think AMD's argument would be this is the 7800 XT. It's 8% cheaper than the 6800 XT was last gen, and it's 10 to 15% stronger, and it is better ray tracing. And then they'd also say 10% stronger than the 4070, more VRAM, same price. And then I think they can just roll in the kill shot with like a 500 or $530 7700 XTX and so on and so forth. So I guess, first of all, I'm answering Chris's question, you know, what do I think they could pull off? If they could sell the worst yields of Navi 21 last gen for 580 and then now they don't even need to use all of the chiplets to save costs i think they can sell the worst yields for 600 easily 
So now, and I'm not saying they will. They charge 700. Just know they could have charged 600. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think they could say, temp, you know, more RAM, uh, more performance than the equivalent NVIDIA card. And I think it will sell pretty well. But I do think it has to be 600 because it's 700. Why wouldn't you just get a last gen 6950 XT for the same price or less? Um, but I guess my question is, because I saw your face light up a little bit there. I'm going to keep rolling through this. Like mm -hmm. I saw, I think there's a decent chance. I've been talking to some people that AMD sees the mistake NVIDIA made and they might go, well, okay. Navi 32 can have up to 16 gigabytes. They might do like a $600, 16 gigabyte card and around $500, 16 gigabyte card and a 400 to $450, 16 gigabyte card, and then just sell their eight gigabyte one for 300. How big of an advantage do you think that would be for performance if AMD said, hey, maybe our stuff's coming out late, but everything above $400 costs 16 gigabytes or, or has 16 gigabytes? Like how I, much would, I would that say it's probably less for help performance them? than just like, like personally, for instance, I really don't run like 4K 120 FPS, which is what kind of like these issues really start to crop up in. So I, I like to run around like 4K 60 FPS, like that cinematic look or whatever. I was going to bug mm -hmm. some people, but that's that's how I like to play, right? And like like that, this card, I mean, that would allow you to have you know high resolution textures for everything, and then as long as like there's not crazy stuff on screen, you could probably still hit 60 FPS. I imagine maybe at 4K. I don't know exactly the the strength of the card, but like mm -hmm. that's why I, I like the memory more than necessarily the strength of the card because the strength of the card is how you're going to push to like 120 FPS, 360 FPS. But I I really don't need that. For most mm -hmm. things. I, I just like the memory so that things look pretty. Well, you know, it's funny. A decent amount of people I talk to, they're like, honestly, I still just game at 4K60 and I wish I didn't have to turn down settings to get there. Um, yeah. Like yeah, 4, 4K so, so, makes it hard. Yeah, 4, so, but 4K you're basically saying like, hard. as long as they could afford it, you do think like marketing everything has 16 gigabytes this gen besides the budget one. Like this, is, that that's a much bigger deal than it would have been previous generations. Well, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, Otherwise, you're going to have to turn down the textures anyways. Like, you can mm -hmm. have a faster card. You can have that 3080, but your textures are still going to be turned down. So, like, it's you're going to get those those fast frames, but it's not going to necessarily look better. Like, it can't. Mm -hmm. like, like, you don't have the memory to make it look better. <laughs> You'll, but you will get faster frames, you know? That's, but that's, that's what's so weird, too, about, like, the decisions NVIDIA made here. Like, they found the 7900 XT versus the 4070 Ti that actually they have about the same ray tracing performance because one of them runs out of RAM if you turn on ray tracing. Yeah. It's just, it's almost yeah. like this is the counter to ray tracing. We just actually gave you enough RAM. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's it, it's 100%. It's the same thing I was talking about with, with the DRAM. Like it, you you just gimp yourself in a different way because the devs, the dev, developers are not really designing around NVIDIA's eight gigabytes, right? Like we, we can't. Right. So because when you, whenever you ship a game on console and desktop, there's always going to be some optimization issues anyway. So like you're, there's always going to be a little bit of GPU overhead. Right. Mm -hmm. So like if, if it's eight, that's half of the, the 16 on the PS5. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, so so really they like the idea of, of an eight gigabyte like brand new console is just so weird to me because of that brand new like, card. You mean brand, oh, yeah, yeah, brand new card? Sorry. Um, like you just I don't <laughs> Like de developers aren't developing for it. Developers aren't asking for like that card. Maybe some gamers like like the only crowd I can see that would really want that card is gamers that don't don't care how the game looks, who just want fast frames, and they're they're already gonna turn everything down. You know, like Shroud or something, where he goes in, turns everything to low as soon as he opens the game. Like 
if you're that kind of gamer, maybe you can get away with it. I don't, I don't know what the what the uh, the actual performance benchmarks are on that. If you turn everything down, but that's like the only way I could see that eight gigabyte working. And even there, you're still going to be using a lot of those gigabytes. Like you turned everything down, and you're still using a lot of those eight gigabytes. So right, it's, it's kind of like yeah, there's nothing left to turn down in a year. No. If a game <laughs> runs out. Like this is it, man. You just yeah. can't play the game unless you go to 720p, which maybe you will or. Yeah. Well, let's have to turn on DLSS in 1080p, I guess. That would yeah. also probably save you too. But this this perfectly brings me to a question here from Envious, who writes in and says, Hi, Tom and Guest. What's the maximum price you would pay for a new product coming out with 8 gigabyte capacity? How much more would you be willing to pay for a 16 gigabyte version of an 8 gigabyte version of the same product? I'm sure it depends on like what tier of performance we're talking about, but I think really what this question is pointed at is, all right, so I don't know if these 7700 XT will have 12 or 16 gigabytes, but I think there's a solid chance, AMD, that's segmentation. They may decide just to give it the full 16. If they do, I think they could charge 450. All right, 450 for a 7700 XT, that's probably 6800 XT performance or something. Or around there, I've heard the 4060 Ti is going to have 8 gigabytes, so... What do we think that's going to cost? I think 450. So if we have an 8 gigabyte 4060 Ti versus a 16 gigabyte 7700 XT, do you think 450 is way too much to pay for 8 gigabytes anymore and how much more so. would you pay? I still think it's I think it's too much. Like I would like I think I'd rather like just get like an APU. These new APUs that they're coming out with are crazy. So like if you're going to build with a GPU like I got my girlfriend a system with a 7735 HS uh NUC like just a tiny yeah. little AMD APU and with 32 gigs of RAM and Harry Potter, it actually was outperforming some like lower gigabyte. When I say lower, I mean four gigabyte graphics cards. It was yeah. making me laugh because, well, the APU can use more than and eight it's gigabytes. Cheap. It's, it's yeah. not expensive. It's so inexpensive. So like if you're trying to save money, like that's, that's almost where I would go at this point. I mean, because if, if you buy that eight gigabyte card, like we've already discussed, it's not only that it's going to have to like, you're going to have to upgrade it in a few. It's not going to like the resell on an eight gigabyte card in a few years. Who's going to buy it? That's true. You, know? you have there's going to be no resale value on one of these cards. So so I mean, I can give my answer. And if you want me to, I just will. But like, yeah, sounds like you're saying 450 way too much. No, yeah, I, I wouldn't buy it. There's no way. Not like 200 maybe. 200 maybe. Yeah, like 200 because okay. because a, a PS5 too. Like that's the other thing you could just. Go buy a PS5, and it's it's probably going to look better. I'm not going to lie. PS5 looks awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, that's where I'm coming down to as well. Like, I think the right choice for AMD, I think they botched a little bit of the launch of RDNA 3 for sure. But if they just make the rest of their lineup 16 gigabytes, except for like one $300 8 gigabyte card, I don't know what NVIDIA is going to do with their 4060 and 4060 Ti, because I don't think they're going to make the 4060 200. I think the best they could do is really say, $350.4060 Ti, that's like the ultimate esports card. And then the 4060 is cut down 106. Because that's, I think, the only option yeah. you have. Because if they actually go through with any 8 gigabyte card above 400 and AMD has an alternative, you know, then it's just it, the resale value is also something that's a good point. That's something I didn't think about. Like, what is anyone going to pay for an eight gigabyte card in three years mm -hmm. when you want to get rid of it? Nothing. Yeah, yeah, no, because like, like I'm, I, like I'm. In terms of the games coming down the pipeline, I mean, it's you know, it's a cascade, right? PS4 is dead. I mean, there's like, uh, there's two more years of PS4. Uh, mm -hmm. I would, I would assume at least maybe three more years. 
of like that that kind of content coming out that's like cross gen. But uh, after that, I mean, it's dead. So everything development wise is going to be focused on PS5, and that's going to impact PC as well. So because because uh, right, so when you're developing on on for for multiple multiple generations of consoles, you're also putting in like places in in your stuff where stuff can be weaker and stronger already, like by design. So then on, on, on PC, then stuff can be weaker and stronger already by design, right? Whereas mm-hmm. if you're just developing for PS5, all of a sudden that weaker side that you've been developing for and supporting, that's just gone. Which let's be clear, that was a $400 device from a decade ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so no one should be that shocked yeah. that it might be dropped soon. Um, you know, the final thing I would say about the price too, and I'm just realizing this now as well, like, the reason also AMD might want to give 16 gigabytes to everything and then just start the 7700 XT at 450 instead of 400 or something is because right now on uh, Newegg, I think you or Amazon, you can get like an RX 6800 16 gigabyte for like $480. So if AMD doesn't give you 16 gigabytes for 450, how is this an improvement over last gen? I mean, they kind of have yeah. to. Yeah, like, no, I mean, it, it comes down to the gamer. Like, do you want do you want the visuals? Because and, and I don't think a lot of people who buy cards know this. I don't think that they know that if you're buying that that low VRAM card, you're going to have worse visuals. You might have faster frames, but you're going to have worse visuals. And like you said, you might have even slower frames because you don't have enough VRAM. Like, it's just not it's just not really being discussed enough overall. I would say, and a lot of like like I don't know, I can't remember what the market share of Nvidia is, but it's high among gamers. It dep- so. It's at least I'd say sixty-five percent, and some people are mad at me. They'd be like, "Oh, it's ninety percent." I, I think it's, I think it's between seventy and eighty-five, seventy and eighty yeah. percent. But high. it's hard to say because <laughs> there's a lot of holes in a lot of data I've been looking at recently. Yeah. But yes, it's like at least two thirds. Um, and I'd like to see AMD take that more, you know. And, mm-hmm. and, and but, I, but I think that they have to brand themselves correctly as well. Like alongside this, they can't just say that we have sixteen because most gamers don't understand like sixteen gigs. Okay. Do I even need that? Is it not mm-hmm. as fast? It's, it's not as fast. It's not as fast. I want fast. I don't care about the, I don't care about that. Th- I don't even know what that thing does. I just want fast. You know, they don't under- mm-hmm. a lot of them just literally don't understand the impact that VRM has. Well, that's probably why they can get away with a gigabyte still for like three hundred. Exactly. That's less, exactly why those shoppers, yeah. you know, don't do their research as much as it's unfortunate. Yeah. But you know, again, the forty seventy didn't sell well. I'm thinking about it. You know, the second it's over four hundred dollars, yeah. people are probably like. Only twelve gigabytes. These are the people that do their research in video. Exactly, the people that, above five hundred. I think that well, what, where you're hitting with, with the forty seventy that didn't used to be like the forty seventy went up to like the forty eighty, right? And the mm-hmm. the forty eighty became the forty ninety, and the forty ninety became I don't even know what that thing was. So a car, basically. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. I, I just I don't understand where Nvidia's lower segment went. You know, I feel like the lower segment became the mid segment and there is no lower segment. And now your mid segment is very weak. So, well, I was I, I was going to bring the PS4 next, but actually, let me bring this up since you touched on that right there. Uh, a bullet point I had for us to discuss maybe briefly is I understand that Sony, before they made the PS4 and the PS5, went around to every single dev and, you know, it's like, what do you want? And then I guess recently, oh, I guess a couple of gens ago, everyone screamed more RAM, and this time, what did everyone scream? SSDs, and they're like, we heard you loud and clear. Not only do you get more RAM, tons more RAM. Not only do you get an SSD server grade. And then Microsoft basically does that too. What is NVIDIA doing where they, because 
I, I, what's shocking me so much again isn't that eight gigabytes is running out, but is that every dev I ask is like saying I told you so to me. <laughs> and why do you think Nvidia doesn't do at least this a little bit to what Sony and Microsoft do when they ask what developers are looking for in the next generation? And I think you even said offline to me that they used to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they used to just do a lot more in general with game development. I feel like in the past four or five years, they really kind of peeled away from that in general. I mean, you know, you can load up NVIDIA's site right now and there's there's the whole GeForce area. There used to be like GeForce dev stuff. And you, you can literally like see how many, you know, how much care they used to put into the area and how much care they're putting into it now in terms of, you know, developing out uh, specific cores that do specific things, developing code that does specific things. I mean, th there's still a graphics engineers doing these things for gamers, but a lot of NVIDIA's focus, at least to me, appears to have shifted away from the gaming area and onto areas like AI. Um, it kind of makes sense because uh, gaming... So, so gaming in terms of like the investment, like, like ecosystem has been seen as like a cash cow for like a while, but as mm -hmm. in like the last four or five years, it hasn't really, it hasn't really been panning out as well as investors uh, would have liked in comparison to other things like AI. AI is like the new shiny thing. So I have like, even, even within the gaming sphere, right? Like we have gaming companies that are rising up that are using like AI as their model or, um, uh, coins as their model, right? Like, like, uh, the, our game trains around you and like learns based on what you're doing. Like, like they kind of did that back with um, EA with uh, or uh, with Lord of the Rings game, right? But mm -hmm. like, there's, there's oh, yeah. there there's are developers that pushing the that shadow games. further. Yeah, exactly. There's a little bit. Like, there's developers pushing that whole like working with AI thing even further, and they're getting a lot of money in to develop those models. So it's 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 just a changing. I would say it's just kind of changing as a as a tech ecosphere in general. Unfortunately. Um, mm -hmm. especially well, that makes sense. That's what I hear, though, is like there's this impression I see a lot of people have that I don't think is wrong that NVIDIA is saying we want to be an AI company. We want to be a data center company that comes first, second and third. Number four is gaming. We're going to design whatever we design and you're going to use that for gaming and pay for it or not. Yeah, no, that's, that's very much how it feels. I mean, they, they used to kind of be on like the cutting edge. Like you'd read like they would they would develop technology five, ten years. And then later on, we would eat it. As game developers, we would then be able to start utilizing it because their hardware was freaking crazy, and we didn't have that for consoles, right? So, but by by the time that we could actually use it, it would be like the next generation, and then it would be about as strong as that that GPU generation. But they don't really do that anymore. So this also leads to issues with you know the VRAM stuff. Like a lot of devs are kind of left to gun for themselves these days, right? Mm -hmm. Like like in terms of um, Nvidia kind of leading the way, saying like these are the features that like as developers you should be looking forward to in the next four or five years. They're not really doing that anymore. So now us as developers, we have to come forward and say, these are the features we want to push forward in the, in the next four or five years. It's really changed mm -hmm. in that way. And that's why you're also seeing, um, there used to kind of be more homogenous, like, like homogeneity or whatever. Like a lot, of, a lot of games used to kind of have like all the same new features, graphically mm -hmm. especially. And now you're seeing, you're seeing div divergence across like, you know, EA's engine does look different from um, Activision's engine. Which does look different from uh, Epic's engine. They look, they, they legitimately look different, and it is because they're doing things differently, like fully. Um, mm -hmm. As a result of, of that, you know, there's no one really taking the reins anymore. AMD never took the reins, <laughs> so <laughs> they've been they're they're cool and they're helpful and they're uh, if you want to do like uh, Vulcan development or like if you want to use to, you know you want to write on their their uh, their hardware, you know, their engineers will help you, but. 
they're not really like they've never really been pushing the the gate forward unfortunately so yeah i guess that's why i feel like this year is a chance for them to try to make up for that finally because there's mm-hmm. this oversight by the other side but yeah. i think if they branded also- correctly especially like i was saying with with the visuals like if they branded based on visuals instead of fps mm-hmm. you know, that's that's a pretty good way to do it these days i think I mean, yeah, just, you know, we can actually run these games. Again, I think this is this surprise way to counter NVIDIA's ray tracing advantages. Hey, they make your visuals look better with ray tracing. We can actually show the textures, and half the time they can't do ray tracing because they don't have the RAM. But Mm -hmm. I want to get into something you touched on a second ago, uh, or like five minutes ago, which was the PS4, how that's about to stop being supported basically fully, you kind of said, in two years. I mean, you already have some games that aren't on PS4. What's going to happen? Like, what what happens to the games next year, you know, that were built only basically for Xbox Series X and PS5? They don't have to worry about these Jaguar CPUs at sub-2 gigahertz. Um, so, oh, they don't and have to worry about supporting exist. hard drives. They don't yeah. have to worry about 8 gigabytes, you know, being the minimum. They, they, um, 100% exist more in general. Like, There's just going to be more, a higher percentage of games that aren't supporting PS4 at all. Mm-hmm. Because because supporting PS4 actually is more expensive, so there is there is the benefit right of like you can sell on two consoles, but that doesn't come for for free. As as a development team, you have to devote extra resources to testing on both consoles. You have to devote extra resources to um, developing assets for both consoles, and it's not what what a lot of people assume. Right, is that the PS5 is just a more powerful version of the PS4, which is kind of correct. It's kind of correct. It is more powerful. But a lot of people also run 4K on the PS5 and they run 1K on the, the PS4, right? Four mm-hmm. times more expensive to render that 4K. So there's there's been multiple times that we've had to down, you know, or optimize things in a different way for PS5 than we optimize them for PS4 because of that 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 uh, that resolution uh, difference. So yeah, it's it it's not always super cut and dry development wise and, and it does cost money and that's why especially smaller devs i'm not seeing them worry so much about the ps4 especially mm-hmm. in the, into the next year or two because it depends how complex the game well, is well, you know? like look at ps5 stock too mm-hmm. right like you can actually buy a ps5 now so there's, there's right a, so there's not that excuse anymore exactly of, hey guys it's and you know the slim should come out within a year yeah. that could lower the price they're like it's going to be 350 go get this 350 dollar you know ssd console all right stop you know with this stuff over here and it's cheaper to develop for a ps5 as well because it is still more powerful you do have mm-hmm. the ssd i've heard it's also more streamlined it like is. the code is way simpler it to is. work with it's mm-hmm. is in general a preferred development experience um that being said it's you know been it took a while to, to kick in it took, it took mm-hmm. longer than i think most expected but I, I do think it already has kicked in. Like I said, like you can buy one now. So like developers that are supporting both consoles are really just like your big, your, your big publishers, like EA, Activision, Ubisoft. Like they're they're doing it because it's like they're t- they already had the PS4 tools built out. Like like most of their game engines kind of already do both anyways. So like why not keep supporting it? Mm-hmm. Whereas these other developers, right. it's like more of an actual decision. Like we'd have, and, and that's to something you said about uh, God of War Ragnarok as yeah. well. Like people are like, "Why is this on PS4? You know, why do you have still areas that are probably to hide loading screens?" And I remember you saying, "Well, I mean, they already wrote the game. Like, yeah. in half of the way we have these characters talk to each other is while they're walking between areas, and it's not that we won't do that in the future, but like 
we already wrote the game. It was already built to do that. And there'll be less of that on the PS5 version, maybe. But fundamentally, we've already kind of made it. So, <laughs> you know, well, like, exactly. are we really going to do all that? Yeah, yeah, no, and, it, and, 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 yeah, and people loved it, too. That's the other thing. It's, it, it's just a continuation. So, I don't know, you know. But so what happens, you know, though, to minimum requirements is kind of my question, though. Like, well, well, that's what I was saying. I mean, overnight, if, we're going to say no hard drives, right? That's number one. Even with probably <sighs> some indie games, hard drives are just going to be gone. <laughs> Even SSDs, man, because there are some slow SSDs out there, right? And, and these, these are just normal year, SSDs. You're going to have games that, and, and this is actually an interesting question for me because I'm not sure how I would handle this if I was a dev. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to look at RAM and go, you need a 12 gigabyte graphics card. That's a number. 12 is a number. Yeah. Now, there's bandwidth numbers for SSDs, but most people don't pay attention to them. So, like, do you think devs are likely to go, not only can you not use a hard drive, but the SATA SSDs don't work? Are you think they're going to say minimum requirements, NVMe 3.0, 4.0? Because there's some 4.0 drives that are barely faster than 3.0. So I almost wonder if I would say, <sighs> yeah, I want 4.0 so I know your 3.0 is actually fast enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 hard too because then you also get into like drive controller type issues as well, where it's like, are, are, mm-hmm. are you actually getting like a, a good drive for your, you know? I don't know. Right, it, because there's sustained read and write from an it, SSD. It, yeah, like, especially the PlayStation with PlayStation 5, I think, has 12 memory channels on it, which means it can more, send more data in a paralyzed fashion that isn't the same file. Yeah. Which is actually a whole thing. Other can of worms here to discuss. Yeah, yeah and, and they do show up in, in, in these uses when you're just flashing data back and forth because that controller, um, some of the cheaper controllers can get backlogged. Mm-hmm. So. So, but what do you think they're going to, because. That's why I would almost wonder, mm-hmm. just require Gen 4 SSD, because at least you know yeah. it's probably overkill, but... Yeah, and no, then just no, like an asterisk, safer. most Gen 3 works, but it's on you to make sure it works well. Yeah, it's on you to make sure you don't get like the cheapest one on Amazon. One gigabyte per second yeah, to channel control. Yeah, um, but no, no, I think... And, and actually, now that you say that, PC developers tend to be pretty good about that, but I wouldn't be surprised if they said like Gen 3 still, just to try to pull in more cells, you know? Mm-hmm. unfortunately so what do you think about all right so seems like we agree next year obviously hard drives are going to be gone in the minimum yeah, requirements yeah. and they're likely to require some level of nvme ssd for a lot of the AAA games mm-hmm. or um i could see indie games being fine with sata um but besides that what do you think the minimum is going to be for like dram and vram like do you th- and and cores is another thing i'm wondering like They've basically been working around the equivalent of like a Sandy Bridge i3 or an underclocked pile driver eight core for 10 years as the minimum for 30 frames, which meant if you wanted to get to 120, well, everything's four times stronger than that. So that's not hard to do. But what do you do you think they're going to start? Some games will say minimum requirements like Zen four, six core higher Zen eight, six, Zen eight, Zen three, six core higher. Or do you like do you think? Anytime soon, they'll start saying you need at least like eight cores or something, or or nah. they'll have to go by threads though too, not cores. But nah, like, you think there's gonna be a thread surprised. requirement? Um, just 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 because it's it's not necessarily um like the rich comp like countries, I guess is like the like the the easy way to say it. You also have to consider other countries like in Eastern Europe and Latin America and and and, and a lot of the big publishers. At least I can I can speak for the big publishers like the way that they approach it. They are not going to try to like undercut their sales in any way possible. Like they're they're trying mm-hmm. they're looking at like the metrics in every single country and seeing like okay what are people running in this country? What do we need to hit to 
to sell to people in this country because we want to be a worldwide phenomenon. We don't want to just be, you know, locked to the U.S., Australia, and Canada. You know, mm-hmm. so unfortunately, and that does tend to hold things back in some ways too. But usually, we just try to be able to support the lowest possible, like like four four like stuff at all times. Um, mm-hmm. May not be great, but <laughs> it'll run. Yeah, I guess what you're saying is, hey, look, if you've got like a i7 6700k with four cores eight threads you're gonna run the game but it's gonna be at like 30 to 60 yeah. frames a it's second. not gonna be a great experience but it you can buy the game and run and you can't return it because it doesn't work because it does work it just doesn't work well <laughs> right so. we're another generation away from them going you need eight cores you think? i mean i would like to see it honestly uh, i would also like to see developers take better advantage of multi multi-core um stuff I, I still see a lot of holes there unfortunately um there's a few reasons why that's the case but there, there's there's still holes even with, with multi-core i mean it would be nice to see it pushed to eight because then at least there's a um a minimum like, 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 like yeah developers should then be like be like i need to i need to make my code run on all eight cores mm-hmm. right instead of just being like oh well it runs on four and it's the minimum so fine or whatever like you know actually making sure that your stuff is uh is is optimized to run on all those cores and threads um which isn't always done basically unfortunately well, so this gets me to a question uh, that i basically asked the unreal engine 5 dev like how and i think you've answered it like it'd be very hard to convince your bosses hey this game needs to require eight cores nvme gen 4 and a 16 gigabyte graphics card as a minimum. Yeah. But how much would that change the game? Like, let's say someone actually had the budget and the and they they were, were ambitious enough to say, we're going to do it, we're doing the next crisis. Like, what? where is that cutoff? Because so, so he that's, said that's he wanted... Well, and just to put things in perspective, uh-huh. he said he wanted, I think, Zen 4 12 cores, 32 gigabytes of DRAM, and 16 gigabytes of VRAM. And he's like, I'm not saying I couldn't get more if you gave me more as the baseline, but that's probably the point where like at least a fifth of the enthusiasts can still play this game. That's what I'm and saying. Would- yeah, yeah. Like, like, like even, even, I don't know, even 20% of like game, like players being able to reach those, that's, that's a pretty stacked system. So if, if you look worldwide again, at least, right. If you look just within like developed nations, like, yeah, like, oh, we'll I yeah. have it, but, but you look worldwide and, and I mean, like, man that's 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 rough so what would that allow you to nope. do though if there was like well, a 16 gigabyte minimum like you said 8, it would, you would make like crisis and it would be the super cinematic game because on the on the other end of the spectrum um ubisoft i think just put out tom clancy's like this this new fps game uh visually i'm not like it looks fine i'm not gonna say it looks poor it just it doesn't look like all the way up here it doesn't look like super 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 good but the gameplay is awesome so people are loving the game because of how it plays not necessarily how it looks so it Mm -hmm. also depends on like what you're playing basically like if you want to make like a movie and a game like yeah that kind of system that kind of hardware that would be awesome that's what i do i mainly work in campaign stuff and cinematics and stuff but like i also know that that's not what most game like that's not where the gaming crowd is these days but you think if you could require that you know well, you, even you, it'd be photorealistic. Like that is all you would need to get there, basically. Oh man, like you, yeah, that's so overkill, man. Like if you need, like if you had all of that, 
like I, I, oh my gosh, there's, the there's so much you could do with that. Yeah. Like, like th- there, there are so many things that we just say we can't do right now. Right. That we just mm-hmm. like accept that, like, no, <laughs> like we have to support this, this level of hardware. So no. So like that would literally like, you're talking like every single new tech at that point mm-hmm. with, the, if that's like your minimum hardware, that's like, you know, now everyone has volumetric clouds. And that's weaker than my PC, right? That's the funny thing is like, well, you can yeah. still get something twice, three times as good as that. But now. that, that like, also but, tells you how low we support hardware, how far right. back, you know? Um, and I, I prefer it that way to some extent, because then you aren't just always having to buy new shit every year. Um, but that's something I've been thinking about is like, when it comes to like fully path traced game, like more than the like one in a blue moon indie title, like actually having a few of them do that every year. I think we have to wait for the PlayStation 6 just because devs want to wait to see a four to $600 box able to do it before they take that risk of requiring any of this new stuff. And so well, I think time is the factor here. Like you know? the biggest payoff I've seen with like path tracing is like, oh, my reflections look a lot better now. It's like, I, mm-hmm. <sighs> like that's cool. Yeah, well, and, and it's Max cool Payne 3 did that in stuff. 2012. You could have him in the mirror with. Out ray tracing, so yeah. So it's like, like, like I'm just like, eh, like, how much is that really like making your game more enjoyable? Like, Mm -hmm. is it really doing that much? And I think in like racing games, I can see why it does it. Which why uh, the new Gran Turismo I thought was really cool with how they implemented it. But like for COD, it's like, what are you really getting out of it? I mean, maybe you can see behind you, and we'd have to add more mirrors anyways, though. Which people then be like breaking the game man you can see across with mirrors so well yeah i'm like well that's how real life works i know exactly yeah yeah so so yeah i i I just a lot of these new features i don't necessarily see them as like necessary they they are nice to have like volumetric clouds for instance too right like that that tech and like Mm -hmm. red dead redemption 2 that you're going to start seeing a lot more games because it's like standard and unreal now right like those volumetric clouds look really cool they don't come for free they cost render time they cost memory Right. No, uh, RD, Red Dead yeah. Redemption's unoptimized. I'm like, guys, they've got some pretty impressive stuff. I'm like, yeah. I don't know if you ever got into Dead Eye, but there's like a hundred rabbits hopping in the distance you can't see most of the time. They had to render that. That's why the game runs at that frame. They rate, but. have some of the highest compensated engineers in the industry for a reason. I'll say that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got some. They got some good. Uh, some good brains over there. Um, they know what they're doing. And 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 even there though, they built the game with that in mind. Mm-hmm. Right, like like developers chose that feature and and didn't choose other features they, they said we're gonna one. run at 30 hertz on consoles and it's gonna be hard to run on pc so that we can have this gameplay exactly yeah. and and a lot of other developers are saying we want all that and 120 fps let's do it guys it's like ha ah, he almost got me there <laughs> all right well perfect segue though that is the next thing i was gonna bring up is you mentioned offline to me that 4K 120 frames per second is being pushed as a new standard for a Call of Duty oh, baseline yeah. with upcoming games. What do you mean baseline? What well, does that well, mean? Well, just in general, it's it's what we try to hit. It's it's like especially for MP, um, especially gunfight maps, like any gunfight map, you know, like two v two experience. You need to be hitting 120 FPS. We can't let the, those frames drop because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think on PS4 we lower it a little bit. I think I think we allowed it to like 90, maybe 75 um, for gunfight. Um, but generally, like PS4 Pro for PS4, too, probably what you mean. Well, well, PS4 Pro um, is on a yeah. PS4 Pro is on that same skew, but it tends to have less issues than because mm-hmm. we downgrade everything for PS4, and then it just gets played on the PS4 Pro. So unfortunately, with the uh, with the console generation move, 
really what you got with the PS4 Pro was a more consistent frame rate or a higher and more consistent frame rate with maybe better rendering overall because you're you're like um, a muddying stuff 20, down 30 percent higher resolution yeah 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 so so really you're getting the same base game though between the two consoles uh whereas on ps5 you are getting like a different kind of experience with a different focus on uh resolution and uh fps and and definitely the the goal going forward is 4k 120 um we don't always hit it and it's mode specific so there are some game modes that we focus or that we kind of relent on, we're probably not going to hit it, right? Like in Warzone, probably for instance. The, like, yeah, or like the, what is it? The 64, 100 player, like basically Battlefield mode you guys yeah, are doing saying, now. Like Warzone is that. So like in there, I mean, if you're on the best card, yeah, but if you're on a console, you're not going to, we can't really make it hit that. It's not, it's not like a lack of willpower. It's just like, <laughs> there's, there's only so much you can do. There's only so much you can cut before it looks like complete crap. Um, and I feel like we've actually walked that line pretty well already. So where mm. people still like the game and think it looks pretty and can play the game. I think it runs really frame. well on PC. That's to be good. Honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel the same way. Some people still are just like, it could be optimized better. And I'm like, what game is optimized better? Please point me to the one. I mean, my brother, what do I got? I, so I have an RTX 4090 and I run it easily at 4K. Uh, my actually overclock my monitor. So it's like a 132 hertz monitor. But I run it locked at 132 with almost no drops ever maxed out settings. My brother has a 6700 XT and he's running 4K with FSR 2.0 on and he's running at above 100 most of the time. And I'm yeah. like, that's this. That's about the same frame rate Dan's getting in Deep Rock Galactic. I think this looks better than Deep Rock Galactic. That's pretty mm-hmm. impressive work, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it's, it's really the goal, right? Because and, and some of that came out of um, previous releases, people complaining like they couldn't ever go above 120 or 100 FPS, right? right? It, it was a big deal, right? And, and people say like, oh, the devs don't listen. But like, like we do, we just don't have like instant solutions a lot of the time. So like that, that was a big push that we made sure that you could actually hit those, those frame rates. And, and honestly, pretty stable now too. That was the other issue uh, a couple of mm-hmm. years ago, like, like the you did get more frame drops and that there were more consistency issues, but it's pretty smooth now. I would say, I, I feel like like we, we've walked that line pretty well and that's I, like, I feel like got uh, caught engines in a, in a pretty good place these days because of that. Um, are still a much better place than about a decade ago, for sure. It's, I mean, it's a completely different engine at this point. <laughs> it's insane how much of that engine has been just torn out, rewrote, thrown back in torn out <laughs> you know it's it, it's insane the one one guy because it eventually it was initially pulled off of uh uh the wolfenstein engine if i remember correctly and mm-hmm. uh like the, the, yeah. the guy i talked to about that was like yeah uh there or no doom engine it was the doom engine and the guy that i talked to about that was like yeah th- there's like not a single line of code left at this point like because <laughs> we just have to pull so much out every time and rewrite it and throw it back in so that's just how it works well, so I guess my question though, when you say baseline is you're saying like with the standard of like an eight core Zen two and <clears throat> a reasonable graphics card, let's say, you know, you 50, should be able to hit that. Yeah. If yeah. you turn down the settings, you can maybe get to 4k. If you turn down these settings, you can hit 120 Hertz and it's not a jumpy 120. Yeah. Cause I was, I was, cause like, I don't think the, PS5 version runs the game 4K 120 locked, but I think it no. runs it like dynamic res yeah. 120, but it looks kind of close to 4K with all the things you do to like exactly. resolution and stuff. Yeah. So you're just saying, yeah, because there are, I see your point now, there are games like this where 
<clears throat> oh, I can play this at this resolution, but to get to 4K, for some reason, it requires way more <laughs> horsepower than it usually would. Well, because developers didn't optimize for it. And mm-hmm. it, it, was it actually... should be easy to get there if you have the teraflops and RAM, is what you're saying. And without the jumpiness, no, basically. no, the developers thought no to... for for your for oh COD for COD well. for COD for COD yeah because we we went out of our way to do that like it's mm-hmm. it, it's it's everything everything is four times more expensive to render so you you think it's just like the frame but it's everything in the frame too like so it's it's it takes a lot it takes a lot developers have to have it in mind when they, when they develop and it's being respected more now too right like. That's what made me laugh uh, when NVIDIA pushed with the 3090, I think, that generation. They're like, 8K gaming is just around the corner. No. No. Mm-hmm. We, can, like, we can like just now do like 4K to a decent degree, and I'd like to see more power to be able to push 4K at, at decent resolution across all assets. Like, no. <laughs> 8K. Don't, don't throw 8K at, at me right now. <laughs> like, let's just... We'd have to down... We'd well, have to mess and you can render else. a game right. You exactly. can render it. In 8K, but that doesn't mean any of the particle effects, fire, shadows are at that resolution. Exactly, so to make it look worse. <laughs> exactly. So, so what's the point? Like, it's 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 wild. So, yeah, for 4K though, I do see 4K being here for a while and just being pushed more and more and uh, ironed out. I, you know, I, I think 1K is kind of dead. 1440p is being supported still, but I don't think it was ever really even on the consoles. Anyways. Surprisingly, um, yeah. But all right, so you're yeah, so. You're kind of saying that at this point, Call of Duty pushes to have everything look way better and actually be fully, shall we say, actualized in how it should look at its peak, like visualness at 4K, especially 4K. Because a TV is too right. Like, like we we think about like who who's going to play our game, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of the time, it's going to be like a kid in the living room or an adult in the living room playing on a on on, on a on a TV, and that TV the most selling TVs now are 4K TVs. Mm-hmm. So even even regardless of the whole monitor thing, it's like no one's really buying a 1080p monitor anymore or a 1080p TV. People buy 1080p monitors still, but but, but not really TVs. They're they're not really being bought as often. Um, 2K even 2K is still being bought kind of, but 4K is like what most people try to get. So, and what do you think the next uh, push is for you guys? Do you think that's towards 240 hertz way before you're going to be pushing for 8K? Or something like that. Like, what do you think the next push would be as a standard? I can tell you what it is right now. We're just we're we're focused a lot more on pushing the actual standard of the visuals within 4K because we had to cut Mm -hmm. everything back so far to actually to actually work in 4K. We had to cut things like you know like volumetrics had to be cut down. You know things Mm -hmm. like like wind had to be simplified. Like, there's a lot of things that we would like to see improved in the overall like uh, setup. That would like make things look cooler and more uh, organic and and uh, like uh, dynamic and, and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. That's more what we're focused on these days. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't really think there's a big push towards 8K um, in terms of reaching 240 FPS. I think that the expectation there on the developers um, kind of remains that like if you want to hit 240 FPS, you have to buy the right card to do that. Yeah, go get a 5.5 yeah. gigahertz 16 core and come back because yeah. we're we're focusing the eight core on hitting 120 exactly everything else you're gonna need you need something twice as fast as that eight core basically yep. and they can do it and that's the thing like if you want that experience you can get that experience <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, yeah i mean you know we're talking about a zen 2 8 core a yeah. zen 4 12 core at 5.5 gigahertz is yeah you'll that'll get you to 240 then it's yeah. optimized um, exactly 
This Easter season, Jesse, well, Jesse isn't looking for any colorful eggs hidden by creepy man-sized rabbits. No, she's usually looking for new tennis balls at the park or for where my friend's dog is hiding around the house. Me, myself, well, usually during the spring season, I'd be hunting for the best way to avoid paying monopolistic prices for Microsoft software. Well, that was until I was sponsored by CDKeyOffer.com many years ago. This piece of content is brought to you by CDKeyOffer.com, a long-term sponsor of Moore's Laws Dead for a reason. They've been good to me, they've been good to Dan, and they've been easy to work with. And they keep reliably providing the Moore's Laws Dead community with a product that I think PC gaming just needs. In a world where all of our components seem to keep getting more expensive, I don't think we should also have to be milked by Microsoft as well. So this Easter season, whether you're looking for Steam, EA, Uplay, or PlayStation keys, or Microsoft products as well, go to cdkeyoffer.com and use the offer code BROKENSILICON for 25% off all Microsoft products, and then die shrink for 3% off everything else on the website. Support Boris Law's Dead by supporting cdkeyoffer.com this Easter season. So I think this is actually a really interesting question. Uh, Travis Gooding writes in and he asks, Tom and Dan have had a lot of really good talks recently about cross-gen development, the perpetuality of cross-gen, as PS6 will likely need to be backwards compatible with PS5 and so on and so forth. Have you heard or been part of any talks or, or for features or settings that were implemented with forward thinking that the next gen of the pro or elite consoles coming out could actually finally make utilize of this system you're working on? And if so, what features or settings are you working on? Is there anything you guys are expecting in the next iteration of consoles, whether it's next gen or the elite pros, you're already laying the groundwork for supporting? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on, on every game ever since um, I, I, Cold War was the first one that shipped uh, cross-gen. Um, Modern Warfare 2019 was supported cross-gen, but it wasn't shipped cross-gen. So on every game I've, I've worked on, uh, yeah, we've we've always supported like there's just like extra things we can add in like GPU particles are cooler on the PS5 like you, you could lean into those a little heavier than on the PS4 so we can lean into those more and you can just set up a literally you just hit like on your your system you just say like uh, run on low medium mm -hmm. uh, high or very high very high is PC high is PS5 and medium and lower the PS4 consoles. Both, mm -hmm. unfortunately so that's then that's just how we set up our, our like particle stuff at least and then in terms of like other features i mean you might notice like stuff missing in ps4 right like there's just mm -hmm. fewer buildings fewer assets for example yeah. in campaign we just had to cut stuff out it, i don't know if you remember this there was and i think the map was called oh it was that map in call of duty 4 online with the crashed helicopter mm -hmm. in the middle mm -hmm. right and then there was that tall tower you could snipe from um I remember there was this building you could jump into on Xbox 360, but you couldn't on PS3 because there were extra potted plants on the PS3 version. And yeah, people were mad. They, that's funny. I don't know if you remember that, but like, <laughs> no, no, this has no, been a thing. I'm not surprised at all, though. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a continuous thing. That's what we always do. I mean, it's 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 how we get stuff to run. It's dirty, but that's uh, like I say it pretty often. It's dirty, but it works. So you know ship it kind of thing like like there's a lot of acceptance of that in game dev i know people don't love it but it's like name an industry where you know that doesn't happen right like overall we try to do things perfectly but if there's a thing here or there that we have to do that's a little 
It's like just remove imprecise. a couple of plants to hit 30 frames. Yeah, can something. we ship this map, man? Like we've been working on this thing for three months. <laughs> can we just can we just be done? So. Well, so you're saying if there's a PS5 Pro that comes out in like a year and a half from now, you guys already are sure you have the assets rendered and produced at a high enough level where it's like, well, like the oh, PS4 we'll just Pro, we didn't really do much on top for the PS4 Pro, for instance. Mm-hmm. Most of that was just like your resolution's better. Your frame rates are more stable. Like that's really all we can do because because there's not there's not such a big increase to where it's like we need to go out of our way to support this. Right. Like we couldn't really add enough to make it worthwhile anyways so mm. why even really focus on it instead just give it to the performance overall make it a better experience overall is usually what, what we do instead um i guess to give a specific example of like <clears throat> an interesting thing that i don't know if you if you do know about anything like mm-hmm. this is like the ps4 pro added fp16 and that meant some games got patches um you know <clears throat> when that came out but that I was like, like an optimization Infamous- wasn't it I think like oftentimes it was just like an optimization. But it was different than they're just like, oh, this is a higher frame rate, this is a higher this. Yeah. They actually <clears throat> already like the people who made Infamous Second Son, I believe, caught wind, of course, because it's a first party studio, of that P sixteen coming down the pipe, and they were like, Oh, because of all the particle effects in this game, if we add this new code base on top of it, we can just boost the frame rate by thirty percent. So something like that. Is there something you're expecting to become more standard? Yeah, with there's, there's either next gen like- GPUs, consoles where you're like this isn't really used by the Series X or the PS5 now, but maybe the Elite or the Pro will use it. And so let's maybe spend a... Someone spent a week... They're Not off time is the wrong word, but someone spent part of their work week actually preparing this new system that really doesn't work on PS5, but we bet the PS5 Pro could use this in a patch. Is there anything that comes to mind that you're working on like that besides just uh, like high resolution? No, I mean, like, like with the FP16, that, that was a big change, but I, I just I don't see anything like that. Like Like... We, we we yeah i mean we can use like 32 bit already if we want to like that like at this point most most tech is like you can do most things already it's just we don't do them um mm-hmm. and there might be some talks with engineers where they want to turn certain things up or on more but in terms of supporting it that's usually the the hard part that's usually the hard discussion and you don't like see anything like i don't know rdna4 or something where it's like oh now we can do this new thing it's just oh it'll just be better at ray tracing it's i haven't really heard anything new. that it's like completely better at usually usually if there is something that it's like so much better at like because people already have it in in my studio i guarantee it like we get the consoles early um i haven't Mm -hmm. seen it but i'm there's someone that has it um Mm -hmm. but that's not usually the work you do in the engine you know is what you're saying no that's that's usually that's 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 not really what i touch anyways i'll hear about it when it's in but and maybe like if someone's like really excited then i'll hear about something but i really haven't heard anything so either Mm -hmm. it's very lock and key or there's just not or it's much to talk far about. away and yeah. or, or that too it could be far away i mean i'm i'm kind of surprised they're coming out with any at all since out their cells just stabilized the choir. Like, like, <laughs> why launch a pro next year and you can launch the ps6 the year after or like, even that bother? yeah and then just have like endless cells again like because amd's architecture just got refreshed anyways so like why not wait for the really big thing and get yeah. it out as soon as possible i know that's my thoughts yeah. too um here's a fun question though travis gooding writes in and again and asks i think it's safe to say that the ps4's soc was designed pretty well for the price i'm incredibly impressed a game like resident evil 4 can run on that console and perform as far as people can tell way above its weight usually especially with the cpu it has has there been a recent release that came out on last or current gen that impressed you or made you go 
How did those devs manage that level of performance on that? Mm, yeah. I, I, the, the, the main game that really has impressed me was actually just the Ratchet and Clank one, the way that they were able to load levels uh, really seamlessly. But it wasn't really so much like a cheap thing. It was more just like... You understood how they did it. <laughs> well, harnessing the new tech... Well, it's, it's, it's one thing to know that there's new tech and like that you can use it for various things. And th- these are things that Sony was talking about. Like, yeah, like we have this new tech. Yeah. You can use it for these things. They were the first dev that was like, yeah, let's do that. Let's it's not abstract. No, you tech. can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's prove it out and everything. So that that tends to be more impressive to me personally than um, tr- like making something fit on a weaker console. It's it's proving out these new techs and showing like, yeah, we can ship a game with this. It can run. It looks great. There's not issues because what that does is it, is it opens up the gates for future devs to then go, hey, success story here. Let's let, let's let, let's do this a little bit. Um, unfortunately, I. That this is when you when you have success stories with games being like downres and everything and like running on like cheaper hardware, it usually yeah. just creates the other conversation with corporate where they're like, "Hey, this game. Hey, they were able to ship <laughs> this game like two generations back. Can you, can you guys can you guys ship this on the 360? Find out a way. EA did it. You know, find out a way to do it so we can make it like an extra hundred million or something. Like, yeah. Then you have to explain. Well, the reason that game could is pretty specific. Yeah. Uh, and the reason this one can't is. Exactly, no, but they don't can't understand because that because they they're they're corporate, you know, they're corporate types. So it's mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, I tend to not really have that kind of uh, thought, unfortunately, because of that. Just, well, yeah, that's the funny thing, thing though, because everyone was like, "Oh, The Witcher Three is so impressive," and my perspective was, guys, it seems to be running at twenty frames per second, and this is an engine. This is a game from like twenty sixteen running on an old engine. I'm not surprised if you cut out half of the game, it fit on something from 2017. Yeah. Like, what do you, you know, and it's like, well, and I could imagine like a dev going, well, can you put Warzone on the Switch, the new Warzone? <laughs> and it's like, hey, The Witcher doesn't have like 100 players at once. No, I cannot. <laughs> I mean, we have, uh, uh, we have Call of Duty Mobile, right? Warzone Mobile. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. phones have like eight gigabytes of RAM now. So, exactly exactly so i'm just saying uh it started it started but yeah getting onto the switch the switch is a whole other beast i don't even know i don't even i don't know how anybody develops on the switch honestly that 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 is a mystery to me in general (laughs) yeah like that new the new pokemon game when that when i saw that i was was just so sad i was like oh god i feel i feel you guys' pain so much you're trying to do something so big but you got that little switch. <laughs> like you only have like, like we're we're talking about our memory concerns here. How how much memory does a switch have? I can't even remember. Isn't it like four or six? I think it's like three point two gigabytes three? if I remember. <laughs> yeah. I mean I mean it's guys, yeah. it's using a Maxwell, a cut down Maxwell GPU. <sighs> I mean Yeah. Yeah. it's I, I bet they have a remastered version of that game on the Switch too, which I hear is probably coming out like late well, it's coming out next year at some point. A Maybe late next nice. year, but yeah. But I imagine a lot of games are going to get that. Um, but, you know, we're kind of touching on it. So I want to talk about engine limitations a little bit mm-hmm. here. Um, and this was something I was going to ask earlier, but just want to get right to the RAM stuff. What do you make of these games hitting these engine bottlenecks on PC with radically different hardware? Because in the uh, 7950X3D review on uh, Hardware Unboxed, there or in Tom's hardware, I found situations like Flight Simulator where this one game where no one can get a good frame rate, all of a sudden AMD has something that's performing 50% above a 13900K 
then you go to like another game like i think rift breaker was one of them in spider-man where a 7700x and like i9s and like you've got like some have like eight core eight big cores little cores some have only big cores some have cash and they're all getting within like 10 percent of the same frame rate usually above 200 hertz like is it I, I'm not even sure what question to ask here, but I just want to bring it up, like how weird it is that like not only different architectures, but different core types and cache types are all hitting the same frame rate. Like what's going on there with like engine? That's a, that's not a CPU bottle. That's an engine bottleneck, right? Well, and and it, and it depends like where, where you want to talk about engines too, right? Because like, do you want to talk about like DirectX 12? Do you want to talk about like Unreal Engine versus like COD Engine versus like Frostbite, you know, like, because mm-hmm. the, the limitations show up everywhere, right? And then even, uh, even within shaders, right? Even with like the, the like the code that you're writing for the the GPU, the code that hits the GPU and the CPU, uh, like like a C plus plus basically, like C plus plus, they have like it's a generic compiler, right? The stuff that's for the the GPU, like we get like a earlier one because we have a good relationship with Nvidia, but like it's just a compiler they throw in commands and we reference them and everyone can use the same thing so we're kind of beholden to a lot of the same things and i, I would say it's it's kind of just honestly that and just that um at like like the the high end with publishers and everything right now like we we have tons of great graphics engineers and everybody has tons of great graphics engineers so most of them are kind of hitting the same walls and kind of hitting the same issues and landing on a, around the same thoughts and most publishers are also kind of like agreed on like what what should be hit and what benchmark should be hit what console should be hit what you know to the metrics to basically make it turn a profit on a game so i'd, I'd say that's what, what a lot of what people are seeing is more of a, a result of engineering talent existing where it didn't used to exist in these numbers especially graphics um mm. graphics graphics engineers are like worth a lot they're they're still relatively rare, but there are a lot more graphics engineers today than there were five years ago. And you know, you go even further back, and, and it keeps on going. So, and graphics engineering is one of those things where if it's not done well, it will like you're going to have FPS issues. So, so you're saying the fact that like it hits a wall of a stable frame rate above 200 hertz, just getting there instead of having an unstable bouncing between 120 exactly. and 200 yeah, yeah, is, and- is because there's good devs and. This is simply what they were managed to accomplish. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> like, and like even like on you know even within like the people that are developing C plus plus and DX twelve and you know and, and like and these various frameworks for shaders and 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 code like there's limitations everywhere. Unfortunately, I mean you, you can kind of and that, that's what you'll see sometimes with like indie devs. They'll really just like go in like crazy and like write like their own language and you know like yeah. like really do do the thing crazy and then yeah they can hit like a thousand fps or something but like they're also you know they're how big is their game like how how much support does it have how wide does it go kind of go on like every you know os like there's other downsides that usually show up when you do that too so yeah i'd, I'd, I'd say it's more just like a and in general the industry is standardized a lot right mm-hmm. like i'd say it's just more of overall result as a result of that standardization across the industry um for better or worse yeah that's why that's why I always caution people too. Like, this is what they've been able to achieve in these games now. You know, if you look back at games from five years ago being benchmarked on these, like, basically alien tech CPUs compared to what devs were aware of they were working on before Zen came out. I mean, I don't know if 
we should really be benchmarking games that get 900 frames per second in Counter-Strike because this is zero indication on what games we'll use five years from now. Absolutely. And just because one game bottlenecks here, and then that doesn't mean that's going to be the bottleneck it hits next year. That, that's just what well, and this every game, game is different. Now. And even even across genres, you know, your, your open world games like work differently. Like you design the game differently. Um, then you do like an FPS that's in a small level, you know, like all these games are made differently with different concerns in mind. Like they're putting different pressures on your system. They're stressing out different parts of your system. It's just a normal part of game development be- be- because of what you're actually doing, right? Like you're focused on a different thing every time. So mm-hmm. I want to get into some optimization questions here. We've gone through most of the main subjects I wanted to hit on, but I've got a lot of random ones here that and I do apologize to anyone if I didn't get to your question, but we got like over 40 submissions. This was, there were a lot that I, I thought I had to cut because they were close to another question that I thought was worded the way I wanted to ask it or whatever. But QH Freddy writes in and asks, what do you think is the best way for games to deal with running out of VRAM? Should they not apply the settings that would cause the VRAM to run out and tell the users they just have to lower settings? Should they use LODs and downsize textures on the fly to keep the consistent frame rate? Should they just crash a desktop and tell you to upgrade? Should they try to swap textures out from system memory? Are there any considerations to what the consoles are capable of? Also, when you try to find out, try to figure out ways to solve this on PC. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like how we optimize, like, yeah, we, we do all those things already. Like we, we LOD, we use dynamic resolution. We, you know, stream in textures, call it texture streaming. That's, that, that's, that's why we needed the SSDs, right? Uh, it was because texture streaming really off of a hard drive was really poor. So that's why you had like the characters that took forever to pop in. Even, yeah, I guess you know, that way we've done like X model or uh, model streaming um, mm-hmm. to a worse extent. We try not to do that nearly as much. Like, like, so we usually we'll have the lowest LOD at all times loaded into memory so that we can at least pop in the lowest LOD. Um, oh. Or the, yeah. Well, yeah, the, the highest, that's whatever, where you get yeah. those like. Like the really crappy like thing that like across two or three frames, the then it becomes something. Yeah. So at least you have something show up because otherwise when you load it in, it'll just be nothing. Um, mm-hmm. Some companies, of course, will try to load in things at a higher resolution so that things always look better. But generally speaking, it's just a normal thing in the industry to to, to set up things with as low as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of like the developer side, I mean, for PC, I would say PC settings really aren't supported even like all that well by like Nvidia, right? Like, like if you go into like, uh, like GeForce, GeForce experience after downloading mm-hmm. a game, like they sold the card and they're supposed to like test the game on it and like give you like the perfect spin. They don't even do it. Right. Like I saw, mm-hmm. I saw the change my settings that they give me. So I, I, well, well I th- that's, that's a question here. Yeah. Riza writes in and says, uh, looking back at previous GPU purchases, I'll admit that I've sometimes spent more than I needed just so I can set everything to ultra or high and, not waste time finding the exact best visual settings for me. What steps do studios take to automatically select graphics options for a user based on detected hardware? When launching a game for the first time, is there some algorithm there that adjusts various quality settings based on clock speed, shader cores, VRAM, bus width, memory clocks, or is there a manual QA validation where some guy's just in charge of looking at the top 1,000 cards and guessing the right settings? If you had to come up with an innovative improvement, what ideas would you have? I'm, I'm I'm not exactly positive on that, honestly. What I believe is done is that they just look at kind of like the weakest component and go and, and adjust based off that. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of like how to approach it, it it's really, really 
difficult because you can't test for every there's too many PC components, you know? And the reality is like when it comes to development too, like PC is usually any kind of an afterthought, unfortunately. PC's mm-hmm. kind of like I was saying earlier, it's kind of just accepted that like the game will run on PC. Like you might have to turn some stuff down or turn some stuff up if you want it to look better or worse or higher frame rate, like, but like it'll run. If it runs on console, it'll run on PC. So that's that tends to be on the studio side, like the way it's seen. Um, and that's why you get some of the issues you get a lot of the time. But they they tend to run. <laughs> Maybe not perfect, but the they, they at least run. <laughs> Yeah, the impression I get is they literally just look at like thread count and then a graphics card. And I genuinely think some guy at his studio wrote down, okay, so this was designed, let's say, for a 3070 with eight gigabytes and a six core Zen CPU. All right. So what we're going to do then is we're just going to read the amount of RAM based on NVIDIA. And if we see a 16 gigabyte NVIDIA card... We're going to assume this is from a previous generation and set it to ultra by default. And if we I could see, see that, eight yeah. cores, turn up the amount of people in AI, and then they probably put some effort into specific GPU IDs from the previous gens. And after that, I, I literally think it's just guessing based on I think there's a lot very of primitive specs. Yeah, I, I don't think, think it's CUDA core count. Even yeah, just like I think looking at like, games, like a lot of the times the settings don't make, like, I don't know why they would set the, the settings they do. Because it, it, well, like, like you look at the problems with Alchemist, like a lot of yeah. the default settings, they thought it was integrated graphics because it said Intel GPU and it was an older game. Yeah, uh, yeah. But so there's not some complex algorithm, is what you're basically saying. No, it's, no, no. I, I would say things are rarely that esoteric. <laughs> like usually they're they're a little more uh, simplistic, and that causes issues. Unfortunately, it would be cool if there is complexities to everything, but there really aren't that often. Um, Clean Sweep writes in and says, Hey, Tom and Chris, based on the last Moore's Laws Dev podcast with that semi-anonymous and real engine dev, it seems like a big part of the problems with optimizing games for PCs that the tools aren't all that great. So what sorts of tools would make the optimization process better or easier for developers, including VFX artists like yourself? It's hard because, because the engine, right, like what we were talking about earlier, is really just like one tool. Like I, I use Maya, you know, Houdini, Photoshop, you know, After Effects, like like tools you'll use. Like there's there's all sorts of tools that we use in game development. Um, in terms of like keeping performance running, it's it's even I would say it's even more difficult. Um, for instance, we have tools like that are built that like automatically LOD stuff, right? Like that's that's a tool mm-hmm. that like every studio is going to have. Is some tech artist made a thing that automatically LOD stuff, so that. You don't have the concern, at least. Like, like even if a junior artist comes in and places an asset into the engine, it will have LODs. Even if they don't understand what LODs are, it will have LODs. So, like, like that kind of stuff's already implemented. Most of like those kind of like tools already exist. Um, even in like Unreal, that's already done automatically. You may not know it, but it's being done. You just have to look into it. You, know, you have to know where to look for the assets. So, um. In terms of those tools, most of them are, are around like like the tools that I tend to see being pushed more these days are the same tools that were pushed like five years ago. They're things like cooler destruction, cooler mm-hmm. volumetrics, fluid sims. They, like like you can literally look back five years ago at like uh, like an E three and see like water that's like simulated better than ever before, but it was never shipped. So like like these those are the kind of tools I'm seeing more and more these days. Um, it would be cool to see that kind of tech ship more frequently. 
it it just it still has the same bandwidth issues as it did before right and now we're like we we made the power of all these consoles stronger like i said earlier but we also asked for 4k 4k was four times right. more expensive we didn't really in and the in the ps4 to ps5 jump it wasn't a four times increase in power but it's a four times increase in render so there were some code yeah. there were some code you know changes and stuff that helped make that all work but we did also, like I said, we had to cut some things as well visually. Like we had to move things back a step so that we could hit 4K. Um, we'd rather well, you know, push that forward again. That's the thing. The actual resolution that a game is running out on console, I think people miss. They're like, well, you know, the PS5 is running this at 60 frames. Uh, why can't I run this with my whatever graphics card at 120 and 4K? It's like, well, the PS5 is typically using a dynamic res that's averaging at yeah. 1600p. Mm-hmm. So you need a card 50% stronger to get to 4K now. And to get to 120 hertz, this is a maxed out Zen 2 8 core. So you need at least an 8 core with uh, an 8 core with at least double the per core performance or probably a 12 core with almost double (laughs) to make Mm -hmm. up for the extra I own things going on in the background. So if it's maxing out a Zen 2 8 core, get to one, and it's maxing it out like Spider-Man, then to get to near 120 hertz, you probably need a Zen 4 8 core with V caches, you need at least double the per core performance because it really is using every core that hard to get to 60 frames with Spider Man on PS5. And I think a lot of times people miss, like, yeah, I mean, you can run it twice as good as the console, but I don't know if you understand this. Your, your hardware just isn't twice as good. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I wish people did because that, that's kind of one of the main complaints I heard from people too is they're like, the PS5, like the games on the PS5 don't look like so much more better than the ps4 and it's like well they do look better and they're rendered at a higher resolution and frame rate and, and frame rate yeah exactly like they're they're more player counts. <laughs> yeah and high, higher player counts like like there, there were advancements made i know that we like there weren't it wasn't everything but we also couldn't do everything like like we said with the vram issues like we literally couldn't throw too many more textures too many more like foliage assets to you know we couldn't throw all that necessarily in there because we didn't really have I don't. Uh, I can't remember what the PS4 memory pool was, but I think it was 16 as eight well. Gigab- it was eight. Well, gigs? it was it was eight gigabytes, and they only gave you access, you know, okay, like, yeah, whatever. And it doesn't have an SSD, so it can't swap them out. So that's also a big <sighs> issue. Is once you load uh, it, you better be done. So the PS5, yeah. So so that, that is why the PS5 does look a little better in that respect too. But in terms of like asset count, we we were we weren't really like we just increased the 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 resolution of a lot of the textures across the generations. We didn't really like increase the um the number or like the mm-hmm. variance because then we'd have to support it both generations a little a little too hard so and even there like when you when you have a higher resolution in your textures th- that texture is now more more uh, more expensive to render mm-hmm. right like it's not just the the 4k render of the screen it's the 4k render of the texture as well that's also more expensive now to render so it's fun <laughs> all right so i have a question here that i'm actually not surprised somebody asked but didn't think about it ahead of time Alex Slaughter writes in and says, Hi, Tom, I guess. I'm enjoying the new Call of Duty release, and I'm using a 7900 XTX. Call of Duty is one of the few games where the 7900 XTX can match or beat a 4090, meaning that it bridges an average 20% gap relative to other titles. Is there any information you can share as to why this game seems to run faster on AMD GPUs relative to NVIDIA? Is that something you would expect to continue with future releases, or is this an outlier? I, I would look at RAM, honestly. That's 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 the main thing that. Well, I the forty ninety is twenty four gigabytes of RAM, though. 
Oh, that's a good point. I mean, the only things I can think of is, and I do think mm-hmm. this is where I asked this in case you had any Gosh, thoughts. Yeah. But I think this is like going to get into some really esoteric engine discussion because the way RDNA 3 works is there's like a dual issue command thing you can do. And I'm sure I'm butchering that to the people listening, like that you can do now. That's why it's teraflops can be like double pumped to be twice as big. And my understanding is there's some way of issuing commands to RDNA 3 that's substantially more efficient in some engines than it is others. Also, Call of Duty, this iteration doesn't use ray tracing, right? So No, no, we didn't really see any advantages to using it, honestly. Right, so Hmm. that's probably part of it, but I think one thing that's... Yeah, that's true, because some of your power in the 4090 does go to those RT cores, which we don't really lean into as heavily. But so, like, when I think of, like, games that run well on the 7900 XTX versus other games, it's not always consistent, to be honest, which ones do. But I do think there's something there with, is this a more recent engine? Because the 4090 is basically just brute force. Look, it's Ampere with more cash and faster clocks. Well, and and they literally just throw more power through it, too. It's not necessarily, like, a a more advanced card. It's a card that you're just throwing wattage through. Mm -hmm. That's my understanding. So, like, with the 7900 XTX, I think, there is like a new command system there in a front end. And that's that's what I was wondering. If you have an engine that's yeah. recent, I think it's probably like, working well, with, well, it more with their APU, for instance. Like literally, all they did is like increase the the L two or L three cache. I can't remember what or whatever on the on the actual chiplet on this on the CPU or the APU itself, and like that increased frames massively. Mm-hmm. It was literally just like just accessing those read and write speeds a, a little better, giving you a little more of that buffer. Like I I, I think memory is playing. In, a bigger role than we like to think and and not just not just the memory itself but the accessing it reading and writing to that memory i mean it's mm-hmm. like like i run threadripper for instance right i run third gen threadripper so first gen threadripper also had a lot of those like early like uh, early adopter issues with writing to ram like like your your chip could actually be slower at times than like an eight core just because it was waiting for ram like it was because mm-hmm. it didn't have access. I can't, I couldn't remember like all the all the stuff on it, but it, it didn't have like access to the RAM in a, in a timely fashion, so it ended up being a little slower. Um, stuff like that. Like 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 I, I think it's not just the amount of RAM; it's how we're writing to it, the pools that we're using to write to it, like that entire connection. Um, because that those connections also haven't really been pushed until like recently mm-hmm. either, right? Like those have remained constant for a very long time um, because it wasn't really a, a thought until now um i think it will be more going forward though Mm -hmm. so but yeah i mean so i just think i just think it is something to do with a lot of engines run games the way they used to it could definitely be that too lovelace is fast clocks tons of l2 cash like Uh, there's a reason it probably surprises me is that amd's faster Like right in some situations, cause, cause usually that, we develop more for Nvidia. Like usually, developers are more like trying to cater to Nvidia. Is the idea because they have a higher a higher uh, market ca- or market pool, right? So that's impressive, actually. Yeah, I don't know. That's actually I don't think impressive. That me and you, yeah, I don't. Have, I don't know I don't that we have why. a good answer. No, no I know? mean, there's some things I can think of, but like I said, usually developers, it's it's harder for AMD. Like in the past, AMD ran into issues a lot of the times with new game releases, for instance, right? Because just the relationship with AMD mm-hmm. for for graphics card is not as strong as with NVIDIA, and it's not very strong with NVIDIA right now either. So, th- like this, actually, kind of impresses me. And I, I would say, like I was saying earlier, it, if anything, it shows kind of how how much NVIDIA has dropped the ball a little bit with gaming to where they would actually mm-hmm. let their crown fall like that. I'm really surprised that that happened. 
Now, again, the 4090 wins in most games oh, yeah, here by yeah, yeah. often 20%. But it used to more, win in like but, everything. And it wasn't even but like this a is Call of Duty. Yeah, it's the, like the biggest selling game. I, that actually surprises me. That, that, mm-hmm. that legitimately surprised me, huh? That's cool. All right. Dave Schultz writes in and he says, Hello to the two of you. As for the guests, I have a question. What performance saving techniques do you use or prefer? So, what I mean is VRR, upscaling, frame generation, maybe even old school methods to simply reduce draw calls, aggressive LODs. Dithering to save on texture memory and storing multiple gray scale textures oh. within one. This is getting more into the engine stuff, but that's funny. Does, yeah. I could ask a hundred more questions, but I'm gonna leave it at that. Readings from Germany. Take care. Um, but like, out of all the techniques being used, and actually, to my understanding, Call of Duty allows for like a dozen different upscaling. Oh, you know, we have we LSS, have a lot FSR. of options. Yeah, I mean, like, which one do you think is? appeals to you the most well, well in or, terms of vfx like like, like I, I use grayscale for everything um so like the idea there is that you can actually remap so you, if, if you use um like a zero to one color and a texture mm-hmm. then you use another map like a, a ramp is what we call it with a zero to 256 pixels right and then you just slot those pixels onto the color ranges so you can you can have a color image right that does, mm-hmm. That's only one channel instead of like three channels or four channels. And if you do, if you do RGBA, but you can usually actually like with fires, you can push, you can use your color as an alpha. So you can literally take a four channel texture into a one channel texture. And that actually, you know, it's a quarter of the cost. That's a relatively newer industry thing that's being pushed forward more and more. I, I'm a big fan of it. Like, like this is where I say like, like us as developers, like we are trying to optimize stuff and make, make stuff better all the time. Um, it it's not easy all the time but like we're doing it LEDs yeah like, like we use that but yeah I mean in terms of what VFX uses a lot these days it's trying to move everything into like a single texture with a ramp run it but mm-hmm. the re- part of why we didn't used to do that too is because you also have to load in two textures now right so you can also you can pack some of those like ramps and everything and reference them that way but then you have other issues so but uh, with uh, the new uh, streaming tech and everything we can just pull in and out textures off the mm-hmm. SSD, like so much faster. So it, it's it's allowed us to do things that we didn't used to really be able to do because of that. And like like for VFX, for instance, like on God of War, for PS4 specifically, there were there were issues because because you just had the hard drive, you couldn't really stream stuff in at a high resolution. So what we used to mm-hmm. have to do is we actually had to keep all of our textures resident. So we couldn't we didn't even stream in textures in a level yet. Yeah, crazy, right? So, like anything yeah. that you're gonna call, like any magic attack you do, everything has to be in memory. So you have to like work around that. You have to make sure like everything is using like the same kind of assets and like your memory pool well, is getting too big. And that's kind of what I heard too with like Hogwarts Legacy. Like, yes, it can run off a hard drive if you have a 12 gigabyte yeah, graphics card and 64 gigs of RAM because they are just loading the whole thing in, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's so, but, but again, that tells you when the second PS4 support is dropped, like all of this is gone because it does. it's not going to have a, they're going to immediately want to use more RAM and not have to worry about having to do that at once. And that means the RAM that they do need you to have, they really need you to have it. It's yeah. not like they can just stream it out of the VRAM now. They want you to have it all there at once because it's not using this like PS4 era method of doing things, right? Exactly, and and a lot of PCs don't have the uh, like the hardware that PS5s do to get a, get around these issues, or you know, PS4s to get around those issues. Things like storing it on your 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 hard drive, your SSD, or whatever temporarily. Like like the the drives or the, the like the hardware itself for that PS5 is designed to do 
things that your PC isn't necessarily going to be able to do as well. Um, well, Rafa Zaya writes in though, and he asks, does the guest believe direct storage API will be used and or useful in the next two years or two, the next year or two? I think it's already used, right? I believe it's already used. It's just starting to be a little bit. Now, this is yeah. the thing that <laughs> I, I was talking to someone at NVIDIA and the person said, you know, honestly, we added RTX IO because the PS5 <laughs> was advertising their SSD. And well, direct storage will allow us to use a graphics card to load about as fast as the PS5. That's loading. Once you're in the game, trying to stream assets at the same time you render on the same graphics card causes pretty big performance drop. So we need more RAM. So I don't know if direct storage is a thing you guys are talking about a lot. It's something I think some PC gamers bring up a lot, but I just see it as like a logic. It's like a logical addition. It's not like a silver yeah. bullet, right? Well, and it's just early in the tech too. I mean, usually we like to see stuff proved out, you know, and, the, and for it's like Hollywood stuff, right? With, with these kind of games, it's like, usually you don't get the brand new tech. You get the tech after it's been proved out somewhere else. Sometimes you get the brand new tech though. This one, I think we talked about quite a bit the last time you were on. Aiden FS writes in and says, hi, Tom and guest. Any input on how the heck Warzone 1 plus Modern Warfare 2019 have this 200 gigabyte or bigger install size. But now Warzone 2 plus Modern Warfare 2 2022 is less than half that at around 80 gigabytes. Why did that old game take up so much space? Well, okay, well first of all, uh, you're looking at an end-of-life game versus a newer game. So mm-hmm. there's still six seasons, I think, at least, of content that is going to be added into this game. Then you're going to have the next Call of Duty. All of that content's going to be in uh, Verdansk or whatever the Warzone map is called now. Um, next one, next one, right? So it, it, it will add up. But that being said, it's smaller in large part, not just due to COD devs. It's, it's due to compression across the industry as a whole. There are new compression algorithms that, we, that we've implemented that other companies are implementing as well that do yeah, make your download size smaller. Um, it's not perfect, right? Like that's why you might have noticed like your in your install times taking a little longer because or like you know your download and then like you have to like un- unpack stuff a little more. Like the, there there's there's trade offs that are made there, but usually you don't notice it, especially with the PS5 because they're so fast. Um, but but there there have been um, software basically uh, updates that have allowed you know or software uh, advancements that have allowed compression of things that, did, that didn't used to be compressed and compression of things mm-hmm. better in general. That, that we are leaning into and other devs are as well it's it's a thing across the industry luckily so mm-hmm. so like just i mean it's just a more modern exactly engine that has mm-hmm. and and my impression too is that like that original warzone of modern warfare like if i remember correctly warzone you always hope it's successful i don't think anyone expected it to be that successful and then it's like oh so we're not dropping this. Every game's now going to have to build, be built on top of this. And it kind of turned into like a Frankenstein situation. Whereas now it's like, yep. we're going to get this right from the start. Right. That was, that was the whole idea with, with Warzone 2. That's why they had to redo the whole thing. Um, because of the old Warzone. I mean, pe- pe- it's funny because people are like, oh, I don't like new Warzone. But then they didn't like old Warzone either because it, it had become such a cluster. Right. With all the stuff that was added in. So. I, I think, I think the, the, the new one uh, branching off into a new Warzone was a better move and I, and I think it'll play off better in the long run too i mean people are already still playing it so oh yeah you know. anything with balancing and 
Exactly. Those things can be tweaked, but it works so much better. Yeah. And, really and to does. be clear, it's I, I don't think it's going to end either. Like this is this is how Call of Duty works, right? Like some people look at like the 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 gaming models of other companies, things like they look at you know a Titanfall or look at like Apex Legends and be like, there's only one Apex Legends, and they made it, they never came out with a new one, and you know they're around the same age, and like, but like this is what COD has always done. COD always mm-hmm. cancels like end of life the old project and just supports the new one. Like this is how it's always been so i mean love it or hate it that's that is what it is Mm -hmm. so all right well on this note kind of dead of night writes in how long until our games take up 500 gigabytes of space i I think we're at like i think we're being honest soon we're at like 50 to 100 gigabytes now and some games are still well it's usually an optimization issue though still that's the thing like like Mm -hmm. i was saying like like before they had those compression algorithms that could optimize stuff well like that's that's part of was boosting stuff so i like like i was saying earlier there's a lot of new developers coming out with developers that i know like like you know were moved to positions that they probably aren't that level at like they don't have that level of understanding Mm -hmm. of their uh their area and that's going to cause like i I wouldn't be surprised to see a 500 gigabyte game pushed out in the next couple years by by a new developer you know Grand Theft Auto. I mean, I'll say it. Like, or even Grand Theft Auto. I guess, yeah. you know, that yeah. game's been in development, GTA 6, I think, for about a decade. I think most people expect it to come out in about mm-hmm. a year or two from now. So, yeah. it's been in development for about a decade. Right, because, wait, GTA 5 came out 2013. So, so, yeah, I mean, if this has been in development at least six, seven years, you have to wonder, was this built to well, support hard drives? Well, it could even drives? be tiered. You know what I mean? Like kind of like what we do with COD, where you can have Warzone campaign and multiplayer. They mm-hmm. could even just be like our online experience is this many gigabytes. The can the the single player experience is this many gigabytes. Da 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 da. And then by the end, yeah, I could see that counting up to five. Because like maybe total. the whole map takes up like a hundred yeah. gigabytes, yeah. but then if you want the audio for the main story, it's another twenty. If you want this from that, you have to install that. And again, yeah. I think it all comes down to this: if it doesn't support hard drives, then I'm guessing it's going to be like. 150 to 200 mm-hmm. if it does support hard drives i'm sorry i think the hard drive version of the game is going to take up 300 gigabytes at i least. think it has to like there's no way yeah no no i mean at that point it has to um in terms of the ssds i would just hope that these these um compression algorithms keep helping out a lot because that's that's mm-hmm. honestly that's the only thing that's keeping these numbers down right now is, is the compression algorithms like if we didn't have these compression algorithms we would probably be at a terabyte in certain games i actually i can i can tell you for for a fact that there are over a terabyte worth of assets in that COD engine. So, mm-hmm. like, thank your compression algorithm, because it's it's doing some work <laughs> by the <Yeah>. end. <laughs> so. All right. I got, like, one or two final questions. Dino999 writes in and says, Hello, Tom and Guest. PC gaming seems to be plagued with hackers at every corner, and some outlets are claiming that 20 to 30% of players in some games are hacking to some degree. But the recent video blowing up about Tarkov, where someone became a hacker to find other hackers, his findings weren't very encouraging for me. Is there a way to somehow get a hold of this problem, or will it get worse? When I'm seeing AI seems to be the next best thing forward to catch and identify cheaters. Yeah, and I remember, I guess right, I play a lot of Battlefield and Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, more Battlefield recently, a year ago, more Call of Duty. And I will say, me and Dan get this impression where we're like, you know, we're just going to get the latest shooter that we like because we know it has two years before it's ruined by hackers that finally break code and then once it's broken like battlefield yeah. one you know i don't know what it's like now but when we were switching to five so many hackers and five had a lot of hackers 2042 
No hackers. Well, I say no. I'm sure there's some, but it's not as there's usually not you can like jump out of the lobby. Like it's pretty obvious. So you can jump out of the lobby and get into a new one. Well, and it's not like I see. Sometimes there's these tanks sniping helicopters, but they've added a new railgun tank that with fast velocity. So I'm like, all right, maybe that was a legit shot. Yeah. But on Battlefield One, there would be a guy standing on top of a mountain with like mm-hmm. a Bren machine gun, just insta headshotting. Yeah, that's circle. that's what I was like, used to. Yeah, yeah. Just I don't see everybody. that. Yeah. You don't see that. That's, you know, that's good. Not in Battlefield. Well, okay, so but they've managed to win so far. You know, I'm curious. And in Call of Duty, the there are some people where, yeah, because that, that's the other thing that I tend to see it more is is uh, it's it's a weird thing, right? It's on the it's on both ends of the spectrum. If your install base is too low or too high, I swear there's a higher incident. Because like if it's too high, then oh, yeah. everyone kind of wants the highest score, so there's more hackers. And if it's too low, then they know the devs don't give a shit. So there's all these more. There's all these hackers. There's all these mm-hmm. these new hackers now. Uh, but as long as your game's like in that middle band, actually I think it's the perfect place to be because people like hackers don't care enough to do it, and there's still enough love from the devs where they're not doing it easily. And oh. you think Battlefield could be in that? I think they are. Like, yeah, I think I think that would explain like why they're not having too many issues right now. Because in terms of like solutions, I mean, I've seen AI hacking so like software. I've seen like things that like like yeah. like so many so many of these new hacking software you can't even detect it. Like I don't even know how you're going to detect it. They have hacking software that you just plug it into your PS5 on the fly. It doesn't require anything. It's like a hundred bucks. I mean, so so not not only is it like out there heavily, it's ubiquitous. So there's money. There's a ton of money in it. If I remember right, it's like a hundred million dollar industry or something crazy. Like there's money to be made in breaking the games. So like, I don't know how you ever really fix it because as long as there's, as long as there's people willing to pay, like, and there are, and they're making more money than ever, you know, Activision just sued one, right? Like, that's right. Yeah. yeah, Like, (laughs) yeah. For me, I think the solution becomes, well, I, you know, if we're talking, 30 years down the line mm-hmm. where computing's dirt, 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 dirt cheap. I could see a, a thing where there's just like a, they're like, Hey, for competitive play, you have to use either our own dedicated box. We sell from our website because we know you can't hack this Yeah, or you have to use a console or something. We're years away from that. Cause there's still so much more performance to be gained, but um, it's hard because there's, sh- there's competitive, there's already been competitive games online where people were shown to be hacking, mm-hmm. you know, like it's happened like streamed tournaments where people were like, Oh shit, that guy's cheating. It's like, what? Well, so here's an honest question for me. I mean, I think an obvious solution could just be, you have to have had an account in Cod or battlefield for five years. Like that oh, would remove 90% of it. Cause, cause, cause what is the main thing that, that, that we want new users, right? That's that, that's, there it that's is. the hard part. Gonna, yeah, I was thinking about that. Like, it seemed like people were like going to like keys websites and just buying up a hundred keys of Battlefield One for like a dollar each. Yeah, yeah, and then that way they could just they'd say, "Oh, well, I've noticed EA takes about a month to ban my account, so I'll just yep. I have a hundred months worth of hacking." Then, yeah, I mean, you know? Activision is doing. It oh, a and there there was this guy who was a hacker. I remember in Battlefield One. I don't remember his name, but it was like mm-hmm. Steel something or Silver something, and he just would change. The number oh, you just add like one, one to it every oh time, gosh, yeah. and he's just and eventually he stopped doing that and came up with a new system. But it's like that tells you how lazy their policing is. If he uh, can literally just be like silver killer one, silver killer two, and he just goes to the next one every time, and it's like, dude, it just ban anyone with the name silver killer at this point. What the hell is going on? Well, it's been an issue for so long too. Like, 
But that, well, that's just also how you know that they haven't really taken it seriously for a long time, right? Like, it's just kind of been a thing that, like, developers knew happened, publishers knew happened, but we didn't really have a solution to it, so we just kind of ignored it. Everyone just kind of but That's what I'm it. saying. Like, yeah. I think there's an obvious solution here. If you've been a fair player for, and again, I yeah. think you'd have to have different tiers because obviously you want new players. But I think you could have this vetting system where it's like, hey, if you've played for 10 years, we know there's a 99.9 repeating chance you're never going to hack because you haven't for 10 Or years. even just throw them into to different pools. I and mean, that's kind of like what I like to see a lot of the time is like uh, if people are su- suspected hackers and they get thrown into the pool of players that are also suspected hackers. So then they can still play, but they're just playing against other hackers, you know? So that happened to me with uh, Dark Souls 2. Um, I wasn't a hacker. But someone had uploaded a fix for their frame rate degradation glitch or something. Or, and I was like, oh, well, let me turn this on so I can fix this broken game. Oh. And it was their bug. Not, I just, there and was a just way to fix had different source code or something. Or some different, uh, one change in an INI file or something oh that apparently gosh. fixed this thing. And so then I noticed everyone I was playing with was invincible and I couldn't play with my brother. Yeah. I couldn't summon him. And I'm like, what's going on here? And they're like, oh, you've been soft, man. I'm like, that's a thing in Dark Souls? And they're like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a thing in So like, then I had to like make now. a new account just to play it. It was yeah. stupid. Yeah, because they don't they don't want to get rid of players and they don't want to prevent pe- people from playing. So they just kind of like move you around. That's the, the, the way it's the easy solution. It's not a real solution, but that's pretty normal in this industry, unfortunately. <laughs> But it sounds like, you know, AI identification and like just devs putting an effort that kind of is the only thing you seem to be thinking of in the <sighs> yeah. short term. Like there's no silver bullet. No, I mean, like we literally bought an entire company whose mission statement and goal was to prevent cheating. Like Activision bought and then like spent like $200 million or something to buy an entire company. We still have cheaters. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, I can't remember what the. It's on the when you launch Modern Warfare right now. It's Ricochet. We bought Ricochet, mm-hmm. right? Like we bought that. We spent a lot of money. Like it's it's not like a lack of effort or a lack of money. Like it's there. It's just there's a lack of solutions still. <laughs> you know, like just just because you try to fix something doesn't mean that other people aren't. And 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 it's kind of like the same thing with IT, right? Like it, you can you can try to make a perfectly sound system that no one can ever break into but it just like you just need that one little mistake and the person will get in anyways because they'll look for it so yeah it's a lot easier when you're trying to look for the mistake i think than trying to find the mistake in your own work unfortunately but it's funny because i could tell how much you reminisce with like me when i i saw your face when i was saying like me and dan are just like yeah we get a game when it comes out and we just know we'll be broken in two years yeah. by hackers and then we have to move on to the next game and when some yeah. of my friends are like why aren't you waiting for the price to go down we're like the game won't work in two anything years, multiplayer will be dead yeah yeah it's, it's just where it is unfortunately and and it's and it's it's also like i was saying it's also lack of support from the developers after a certain time that it's not necessarily just the developer's fault it's like the publisher the publisher's like this game is end of life it's not making any money anymore it's done we made our money guys hmm. there's no more money to be made here we need we need to we need to put developer resources on the things right. that make money and you have this like 200 million dollar company yeah. with employees working every week to keep the hackers out that's why yeah like it costs money to keep them away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think a lot of people like recognize that it's an ongoing cost too. Like it's not just one and done. Unfortunately, we've done a lot of one and done. That's what I'm saying. Like, like we've done one and done. It just didn't work fully. Like you know, still, still issues that cropped up. So, well, I mean, I guess actually the only other thing I can think to bring up is uh, something we probably should have said in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts are your own. 
not oh, Activisions yeah. Yeah. or Infinity Wards. I think that goes without Absolutely. saying here. Yeah. But uh, I guess I'll just throw that in here at the end just to make it clear. He's not a spokesman for Activision. This is his thoughts. Or Infinity War, this is his thoughts, his own. Um, but otherwise, I mean, is there anything else you wanted to discuss where you're here? Because I think we actually got through all of it. I'm a little surprised. We had a lot of questions. Uh, no, no, I feel pretty good overall. Just like I was saying, there's there, there are a lot of games coming out in the next couple of years. I'm pretty stoked on it. You know, but I, mm-hmm. but I think people may not necessarily be uh, be ready for the kind of changes that are going to come with those uh, with with those expectations on on those titles hardware wise. I mean, you know. The games will look better, but it's going to come at a cost. So, But, you know, I brought in someone, I brought in you a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I brought in NX Gamer, who has a lot of friends in game development. I brought on Brian Heemskirk, who's a developer. I brought on someone from uh, Ubi De- uh, Ubisoft, someone who worked on the Ghost Recon games. I brought in, I, thought, I want to say I'm forgetting, so I brought, and now I brought in an Unreal Engine 5 developer. I brought in all these people, and Half of these people were also guests like two, one, two, three, or even some of them three years ago. And they all said, hey, not all games are going to change overnight now that the PS5's out. But in three years, things are going to get weird. Yeah, that's starting. Three years. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, it, you know, it is what it is. But again, I think, and I think it may have come off as harsh, but $20 more to make it a good SSD. $50 more to make a good RAM, and then NVIDIA spends $20 more on RAM on your graphics cards, guys. I don't understand that's, it. That's all that needs to happen, and all these issues go away. So it's not like we're saying you need to buy a 5090 or that you need to get like a $300 Gen 5 SSD. Get a Gen 4, enough RAM, and NVIDIA can spend $30 more on the 4070 Ti's RAM, and you'd have a 24 gigabyte card. They're already charging 800 bucks for it. So, I mean, yep. they could afford to. <laughs> Um. All right. Well, you know, thank you for coming on. Thank you to everybody for watching or listening. Remember to subscribe to Moore's Law is Dead on YouTube. Bring the bell button, like it, tell your friends about it, support us on Patreon, subscribe to Broken Silicon on your podcast app of choice. And again, with regards to Patreon, we these come out early at free with video. Die Shrink videos come out only for patrons. You can vote on subjects now for the next Die Shrink subjects. Submit questions for guests and i guess i don't know do you have anything else chris to uh do you have anything to plug uh besides oh, really. buy 10 copies of call of Duty yeah you should definitely buy cod because i get bonuses now so i'd like to have bigger <laughs> bonuses <laughs> all right if you want to support chris buy call of duty all right thank you everybody thank you guys this podcast was brought to you by the youtube channel and website moore's law is dead moore's law is dead and broken silicon are trademarks of their creator Tom, that guy is me, and I am indeed the creator, editor, writer, and showrunner of Moore's Law's Dead podcast, videos, articles, and other media. However, it's not just me. Moore's Law's Dead is a team with Broken Silicon co-hosted by my brother Dan, audio editing by Gerard Cortez, renders being done by the industrial designer Jean-Philippe Clermont, and special assistance is also provided by Carmen Cry and Kerry Nosugad as well. Find all of our information at www.moreslawsdead.com on the About Slash support page 
page in the event you do want to hire me for consulting work, hire Gerard for audio work, hire Jean-Philippe for industrial design work, or you're interested in working with Carbon Cry or Carrie No Sugata as well. You can also find our long-term sponsors on that page if you want to show them some love for putting food on our tables. Or you can also mail us some love. You can send letters or hardware donations to the following address. Moore's Law is Dead, P.O. Box 60632 in Nashville, Tennessee, zip code 37206. Although, to be honest, the best way to show Moore's Law's Dead some love is to support us on Patreon. Patrons are what makes Moore's Law's Dead content truly possible. Every month and really every day, depending on who you're talking about, me, Gerard, Dan, and John Philippe are working tirelessly to provide a steady stream of content that we could not keep doing unless we knew the work was possible without being reliant on sponsors dictating every little thing we put out. Don't get us wrong. We love our sponsors, but we love directly working for you, our fans, much more. If you have any extra money, even a couple free dollars a month, consider supporting us directly on Patreon. Those couple of monthly dollars will get you access to the exclusive podcast Die Shrink, voting on subjects of future podcast episodes, the ability to ask guests questions, and of course, access to the Moore's Laws Dead Discord full of like-minded people who I am sure would love to meet you. I am one of them. Additionally, higher tiers get access to early, ad-free episodes of Broken Silicon, the ability to ask questions in all Broken Silicon episodes and Loose Ends live streams ahead of the recording, and the entire back catalog of Moore's Law Z podcasts, in addition to having thanks in the credits of videos and podcasts depending on the tier with other perks available as well. And hey... If you cannot afford to support us directly every month, please do share Moore's Law is Dead videos and podcasts with friends and family and on social media and websites like Reddit. And give Broken Silicon a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app of choice. All of this does really help us so much. But like I said, this podcast would not be possible without it. the patrons directly providing predictable and reliable support every month. And so now it is time to give a personal thanks to the greatest of the fans. The following supporters are at the 10 gigahertz or higher supported levels. Brad Medlin, Drita Full, AV, Anthony Greffa, Greg Pataki, Muhammad Akwari, Brett Jones, Heron Close, Little Germany, Jan Rauner, Daniel Hyde, Dreadbird, Brian Riggleman, Dr. Foreman, Sam Miller, Deke, Josh Law, The Mechanical Philosopher, Joe Foote, SNES Chalmers, Tom Bailey, Greg T. Wachick, Andrew S., Frank Zielinski, Daniel D., MJB1, Eric Jackson, J- Christopher Croson, jo- Joshua L. Herrera, Valko Malev, The Boss Haas, Nicholas Buckner, Spantham G. Spantham, Jonathan, Lord Starstream, General Drips, Blake, Franco Frederick, Matthew Lazier, Jensen Wang, Nathan Mose, Alex Vega, Gregory S. Ecker, Dominique Cock, Jake Dude 23 Jake Martin, Cameron, VentiCZ, HardForum.com, Original Ross, Slicky, Lance Bassler, David Cowden, Ricky Tan, Chris Frey Butler, GZ Ziggy, Sarcastro, Stephen Hart, David Sebastian, Meat and Pork, Stu, T- Tim Robb, Luis Correa, Ian Clifford, Jesse Jeskowiak, Travis Gooding, Holden Mobley, Nanyan, Chris Rich, Deepest Learners, Mad, Zutu Taylor, Stephen Coates, Michael McGee, Chuck Glidden, Timmy Malas, Greg, AWS Danny, Patrick Rowe, Emil Chief, Brett Summers, Milton, Stephen Dick, Tommy, John, Brucha, Mark Mitchell, Mac Daffy, AC, James Anderson, Marshall Pierce, Mike Raid, Mark Raidmaker, Dave Schultz, 3DS Boy 08, Halbuma, Joseph A. Magical, Matthew Landavazo, Stefan Koladic, Henry Zhang, Judson N., Keith Moore, The Grid, Michelle Pell, G31337, Antics, Joseph Kelly, Earth Taurus, Exapuma, Chrysantine, Jerome Ferreira, RB Racer, Keith Moore, Michael Cozy, Ben, DNA Tech, Toka, John O'Shea, Royce Meyer, Charles Russell, Reginald Ari, Fleshba, Teak Autumn, Jackson Miller, JSMMH, Neith Rizink, Mean Dean, Richard Yao, Andre Jacques, 
Damon Sensregan, Jeff Sedler, Jordan Simkovic, Loophole 35, Winstar, William Welpy, James I. Raider, Corey Leonard, Nalima, John Shin, Justin Bustle, Josh Schwinn, Justin Haggerty, Roger Davies, Shea, William Leaked, Corey Chappelle, Evan Dingle, C2, John Iverson, Michael Aaron, The Eternal Dreamers, Jansen and Gima, Him Sagung, Derek Lambing, J- James Mosher, Kiko Sato, and of course, thank you to Sahara for the music. 